three, two, one. Uh, I thought I had an intro and then I didn't. I realized I just did it before. But this is a new one by me saying that. Actually, I was like, it just. I was just about to do the jackass one. I was like, wait, I did that. So whatever. Oh, that was my own special intro. Actually, that was a unique, um, never before done intro. Wait, you're allowed three of these. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the only one. Bad ones. This is the other one was different. Hi, I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. This is Sardonicast, and it, this is a very organized uh, podcast. I'm Rob Sappy. I'm yep. Alex from IHG, but that's not all. We're joined also by Raven. Can I introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Raven. What is your thing that you do? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's such a long pause after that. Yeah, uh, so... <laughs> I have a channel on YouTube where I have two series right now. One is called The Bob Dunga Show. I do analysis videos and obscure game reviews. And the newest series is called Tales of the Lost, which is a cinematic docuseries where I investigate lost media. So just think like geeky Nancy Drew. Mm. So I've got a couple questions for you. Uh, first, where do, where does the name Bob Dunga come from? Yeah, please tell us. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> I came up with it when I was, I think, 13 or 14. One of um, those. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those names. <laughs> I was, uh, I got my first PlayStation 3 and I wanted to go on the live network, but I was scared of like people identifying me and telling me to make a sandwich. You know how it goes. <laughs> mm, yeah. So I had to come up with a really sexually ambiguous name and it just kind of stuck afterwards. Yeah. It's a good name. I like Bob Dunga. Thank First, you. I wasn't sure how to pronounce yeah. it. I was like, Bob Dunga? It's, like, it was a little it's very Southern. Mm. What What do you mean by that? Is it like a real name? <laughs> no, Halo? it's just, if you if you just read it, it's like, you know, Bob Dunga. You know okay, I mean? okay. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't checked out the Bob Dunga show <laughs> or Raven's <laughs> channel, um Thank you. basically yeah there's this there's uh the mean girls game for the nintendo ds uh was considered lost media so there were trailers yes. I, maybe not even trailers like promotional material there there was evidence of a game that was about to come out it was listed in some magazines or something and then it never did and so there was a debate on the internet as to whether or not the game actually existed and uh raven did some detective work and uh, actually mm-hmm. was able to acquire like an unfinished version of the game because somebody who had worked on it still had the files or something and watched part one of your video or something crazy like that. Can you give a little summary? I don't know if I was doing yes. that accurately. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that's pretty pretty on point. So the first docuseries that I did was about the whole Mandela effect of the Mean Girls game because people didn't know whether or not it was just this big hoax or if it was a legitimate game, because there was literally nothing on it except for, I think, one eTalk News announcement or something really obscure like that. But um, my first video is about me diving into the whole mystery of it, and I didn't end up finding it the first time. I actually found a Clueless game, which was also Lost Media, mm. and someone who worked on Mean Girls ended up seeing that video, and he talked with someone else at the company, and you know they were like, okay... Let's give her the game. But it was a really, really, uh, 
it was not finished. <laughs> it was like a very yeah. unfinished version of it. So I had to jump through a lot of hoops to get someone to help me to debug it. And then, yeah, I just posted it to my channel. That's awesome. I love, I love. Uh, you were in the video. I love YouTube content that can actually like, you know, almost kind of like break a story or like investigate or like provide new information mm -hmm. on a subject. I, I'm a big fan of that kind of thing. Um, lots yeah. of effort, obviously. These are these are long videos. <laughs> uh, if you like long effort Thank videos, you. go check out her channel. Especially when it's obscure stuff like Lost Media, mm -hmm. like especially like DS era type games. Like I think I, I kind of care about uh, game preservation and that kind of that side of it. So I've always had that on my mind. Yeah. But there, there must be like just thousands of these like DS games that just have no backup, no history, just lost True. to time. Yeah, because yeah, there's a lot of shovelware. Like that's the biggest thing. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. What is the what is the definition for shovelware again? Um, it's like you know, like on the Wii, they'd release all those yeah. like totally trash games that were literally yeah. made in like a month or less. That you just yeah, yeah, shovelware, just yeah. shoveling stuff. Like like app stores are, are like absolutely full of shovelware. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a it's just a nightmare. Yeah. And then just abandonware is things that I guess are no longer supported and you can't buy anymore anywhere. So, like, there are some games where, you know, no matter how badly you want to purchase a copy legally, there's no way you're able to because the, the company isn't selling it anymore. And so I, th I think that's considered yeah. abandonware. There's a website called myabandonware.com that I've gotten some old games off of. And basically how they operate, from what I understand, is they'll host, um, like, the original games... Not cracked versions, but like just like oh, you can download this, and then if you need a key, that's your own. You can figure out how to get that, but so, just oh, as a way to like preserve them. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's really. I I think it's probably still illegal, but I guess they're trying to like make it justifiable sort of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think Silent Hill okay. Four used to be on there, and then Silent Hill Four got added to GOG Galaxy, that uh, like Steam kind of service. And so then when you try and see Silent Hill 4 on my Abandonware, it just goes like, oh, we're not hosting this anymore because now you can actually buy it somewhere, <laughs> which is kind of cool. It's like, I, I like the idea of like, hey, we're only providing this service because no one can get this anywhere and it has to be mm -hmm. preserved. Like th there's a lot of value in preserving art, no matter what it is, no matter what the quality or, you know, how the art is. I, th I think it's important to have that like historically, I, I think, you know, just for people to be yeah. able to experience something and unfortunately video games is like a huge one because it's not like oh it's just like a movie you can just you know keep a vhs or transfer it to another uh you know format or just have it as a digital file somewhere like these are things that you'd need to properly code to have like emulators to, to have on newer consoles even on pc i try playing old games on pc it's just like it doesn't work anymore um, you yeah. have to jump through so many hoops to get shit working now. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Preservation yeah. of video games. And then it's like equally as difficult when you have people that come together to try to bring these games back to light and then they get like struck down by the developers mm. who just don't mm. really understand the importance of preservation. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Or like, uh, like Halo Online that came out a few years ago. Like some, some fans managed to get the, the Russian only version of like yeah. online working. <laughs> that was that was awesome. That. that was like Yeah, it was. It was really cool. Yeah. That that was that was an example where like I'm pretty sure that helped to get Halo on PC. Cause that was just that was so popular 
yeah. that yeah. you know they had to take notice and be like, oh, I guess there's a market for Halo on PC. Maybe we should just push this out, you know. And then everybody yeah, stopped though, playing yeah. Halo Online as soon as they released like MCC on PC and like all mm-hmm. that other shit. So it's like, okay, well, you know. Wasn't it also fan intervention that got the Scott Pilgrim game to come back, or something? It was like something like that. Oh, there yeah, was that a really right. popular Scott Pilgrim oh, game, yeah. and then it became oh, yeah. Lost Media for a while, or not Lost Media. Uh, what was that term that you Abandonware? used? Abandonware. Yeah. Yeah, it was on PS3 because I got it on there, um, but then I don't think I could access it for a while or something like that because didn't the PlayStation Store go offline? Is there right? an earlier version you're talking so, about uh, with Scott Pilgrim? Or no, just no, no. The, PS3 the PlayStation version? 3 one is, that's the first that was the one. Abandonware? Anyway, that's when the movie came out. Okay. Yeah, so they, like, you know, I couldn't get it again, even though I paid for it. Um, but then I guess they re released it on PS4. I just bought it again. And, you know, I guess that's what you guys mean. I think that's what happened, though. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because a lot of people were like, oh, I missed the Scott Pilgrim game. And then I think yeah, maybe they were listening. Good. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was good. It's a good game. I want them to put pt back on the sony store the playstation store yeah have you seen how much like ps4s go with them yeah with pt preloaded on it yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's insane i still i have a ps4 with pt on it and i think i yeah i did the whole transfer my console to another console thing so i might have two with pt on it now i'm not sure how it works so you've got an artifact yeah yeah, it's, it's just crazy. If, if the PS4 does, it goes with it. So you gotta it's take so care sad. Of it. They're only going to get more valuable, I guess. But yeah, I don't yeah. Know. I'm not oh, like um, that game. Okay. I I I love collecting like physical media and stuff and like rare things. But like, I'm not one of those you can never open it sort of people. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'll open <laughs> it. I want that. I have it so I can use it, sort of thing. You know, I'll keep it in good condition, but I'm not looking to resell it. Like, I don't care if I destroy the value of it because I'm not reselling it. Like, it's for me. So you made a video, uh, Raven, on um, <laughs> DVD <laughs> video games, <laughs> which I, I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, and I'm wondering I, if... I saw uh, your comments on there, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering if uh, Ralph or Alex or, you know, we could just have a conversation about, like, if you remember playing games on dvds because that was like that was a very nostalgic thing for me to watch yeah no that's not ringing a bell no Explain oh you guys are so oh. young no, no i don't remember ever playing not even like... so you're saying like what kind of games like so on like family or... movies like yeah usually kids so it movies. should be like on on like side b or whatever or just like one cd there's like a bonus feature where it has little mini games but they're like <laughs> really basic games that have uh really low quality amvs on yeah them. so ba- <laughs> like the um so a lot of them will be like kind of choose your own adventure sort of thing but they'll just be like a really crappy 3d render so the lion king yeah. uh, dvd will be like <laughs> we have a safari tour and then you're just like you're it's like you're on like a I don't know, like a Disney uh, wheeled, not quite roller coaster ride. And it's like, oh, no, there's things over that way. Which way should we go? And Timon will like look at you and you just like click the button or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like click the left or right remote yeah. button. <laughs> yeah. And they'll get some like this is triggering. Like a cr- I haven't thought oh, about yeah, okay, this okay. concept in like decades. Yeah. This is it's like flooding back to me now. Do you have any like examples of like classic ones you loved? I, I'm trying to think. Yes. 
So uh, I grew up in a household where we had a limited amount of games, so we would be replaying them over and over. And whenever、mm. we got bored of that, we would pull out all the DVDs and play the DVD games. <laughs> so my favorite one is probably The Lion King, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. But also, <laughs> there was this really weird Grinch game. <laughs> If you have a Grinch、oh, DVD, there's like a weird game where you answer trivia questions, and every time you get an answer right, it plays a scene from the movie that sort of makes you. Like it, it, it plays a scene from a movie that makes you feel like it's like answering the question for you. So, like, let's say you get the answer right, then the Grinch will say like "fabulous" or something stupid like that. Sounds just kind of horrifying. Believe、guess. it or not, there was a、um, there was a DVD game for Final Destination Three. Where <laughs> disc two,、wow. disc two was choose your own adventure basically, and they filmed like basically like a handful of extra, like short moments within scenes to do this DVD、oh. game. And I feel like I remember that. Oh, it was so weird <laughs> because I played yeah, it that's once. Kind of cool though. And were、um, they death scenes? Sorry. Were they like death scenes in the game?、Um, <laughs> I don't. I o- I only played it once, and I, I didn't、so. really. It's like different deaths. There, there were like, yeah, yeah I, I don't even know.、Um, I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you. I, I played it, it once, cool, and I got one of the same deaths with like just like a tiny scene beforehand. Like, it might have been even just been a shortened scene from the film. It was really, really weird. So basically, in the context of the normal film, just the regular feature,、um, there's like the gym scene. And、um, one of the guys is like working out of the gym, and then the two people that know that death is coming after them, they're like, "Oh, you're next!" They like run to the gym, and he's like, "You guys are lying, and you're stupid, and you're gullible." And there's this whole Rube Goldberg machine where、um, the you know something hits a wall, and like the f- f- the water fountain's next to an electrical outlet, and then it loosens something <laughs> on the shelf, and there's like a sword display, and then it cuts the The, the wire connecting the weight, and then when he uses the weight because the sword had cut that and he didn't notice it, then the weight smashes in on his head. So I play the DVD game, and we get to、oh、that part, and I don't know why this happened. We get to that part, and it shows the death, but without the Rube Goldberg machine element. So the characters just show up to the gym, and he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" And the weight just smashes his head immediately, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, there was nothing to. Why did that happen? It was like the weirdest thing, and I just stopped playing because it was so stupid. I, I that was like, I got to that death, and I was like, none of this makes any sense. Like, it was、uh, yeah. I, I I don't know why they designed it like that. They they got rid of the. Was whole that the final destination with the、element. black guy on the machine? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> 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 that yeah. one. Yeah, that one is like a、machine. deep memory. Yeah, that one actually、yeah. scared the crap out of me.、Mm. <laughs> That's one of my、uh, least favorite ones, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Weird juicer guys. Like... Um, we got some movie news. This happened, happened? a few、oh. weeks ago. Ralph <laughs> has an article. I guess it's kind of. Oh, this is what you mentioned. What I what I sent you guys before. Yeah. I can't believe we forgot to mention it like last episode, but I, I sent it to you. <laughs> um. Okay. So, so R- Raven, you haven't heard about this, right? So it's Vin Diesel. Um, we talked about him before.、Uh, he's had some trouble in the past.、Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe Adam, you could say like what happened before.、Uh, he like so he's he's in a franchise called Fast and the Furious. The Rock was in a few of them.、Uh, the Rock 
was no longer in any of them. And then Vin Diesel posted to Instagram this weird public plea for The Rock to return to the franchise. And basically just being like kind of a manipulative piece of shit, being like, oh, my kids <laughs> lo- love you. And oh, you're <laughs> yeah, my best friend in the Walker. world. And we're so close. How could you do this? And yeah. we can't. The series can't go on without you. It's not the same. And we're just such close friends. And it's like, well, why are you doing this publicly? And then, like, The Rock came out and was like, yeah, Vin Diesel is kind of like a manipulator. (laughs) Like, it just flat out said, like, (laughs) like, yeah, this is, this is really kind of weird. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. Why would you do this publicly? Like, yeah. And now, what's the And now, most recently, um, the most recently, Justin Lin, the director of like a lot of these Fast and Furious movies, uh, he left the, the tenth one. He quit, and it's reportedly, according to the Daily News, difficulty with Vin Diesel. That was oh my god. (laughs) So I'll I'll just I'll just read like a little bit. Uh, Justin Lin quit as director of Fast Ten because star Vin Diesel is so difficult, according to a source with knowledge on the situation. Through filming had already begun, Lin, who directed five of the Fast and Furious movies, yeah, he directed five of them, abruptly quit last week without explaining why and without a replacement. And then there's a quote from like one of the producers. I've never seen anything like it. Lynn's turning down like 10 or $20 million. Uh, and then what? this is what a source says. Vin Diesel shows up to set late. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll read it exactly. Sorry. Uh, Diesel shows up late to set. He doesn't know his lines and he shows up out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically it. Yeah. And it mentions all the other stuff, you know, with the rock. Um, he kind of stopped, he quit the franchise a while ago. He made a spinoff movie, but, you know, I think it was partly because of Vin Diesel. You know, like, Vin Diesel seems like the kind of common thread, like the common, yeah. the common problem. I, I have so many questions. Like, I thought he was rivals <laughs> with him, first of all. Also, why is he acting like Kanye West? That is so weird. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's Vin being Diesel, really weird. You no, know, he needs things. to be more professional. Oh my god. They're just yeah. going to call the movie Fam because it's just going to be him, like singular. <laughs> well, like, what are they going to do now? They don't have, like, a director. Like, like yeah. what's going to. They don't have The Rock anymore. Yeah. It's, like, these key ingredients of, like, the Fast and Furious movies, why the past ones have worked so well. Mm-hmm. Um, All they have is cars. That's it. They have Vin Diesel. They have Michelle Rodriguez. They get, yeah, they have cars. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I don't know. They might not even make it. If they do, it's not going to be like good. They're oh, losing money right now. There's no way that it's not going to come together. Like, surely directing one of these Fast and Furious movies would be like one of the easiest jobs ever, right? <laughs> surely, like, there's like no rules within this universe. Like, you can basically just do whatever. It's like you just get the billboard out and write, "Okay, we're going to space in the next one." Yeah, it's just so absurd, and there's no rules, and it's just so dumb. Like, yeah. it must have been a big deal to turn away, like, 20 million paycheck for that. Especially after doing five. He's already <laughs> done this four times before. Or five. Five times before. Yeah. Here's a paragraph from The Hollywood Reporter covering this. Diesel had become yeah. his own personality to be reckoned with at this point in the Fast franchise. He long ago had become the dominant force and was not afraid to flex his ample muscle. His clash with Dwayne Johnson led the former superstar wrestler to leave the franchise, even rebuffing public outreach. And the writing process for the movies was un- unorthodox, to say the least. Insiders say writers would <laughs> pen action sequences and Diesel would say yes or no to them, leaving to the director the job of making them fit. Or not if Diesel changed his mind. The whole process is a mosaic that never stops moving, says one insider who has seen the making of several fast movies up close. So that seems kind of 
annoying to like have i, I always forget <laughs> i forget the pool vin diesel has it's weird I, I was looking just out of curiosity the other day at like the most liked facebook pages in the world and one oh, of them yeah? is vin diesel's page wow. he's like yeah. crazy popular so yeah i guess he's just wielding his power hmm. i mean which is weird because he's not really doing anything but fast movies right he's not like yeah it's that and Groot. he's just like, that what, what else is Oh, he's Gru? Yeah, that's He's, like, it. briefly in the same Oh, wait, sorry, Ryan. Groot. Like a not Gru. Gru. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's Steve Carell. <laughs> Groot. Yeah. Groot. All he says I is, I am Groot. Groot. <laughs> yeah, that's his other... <laughs> he was he's good Iron Giant, but he only had, he's like... the Iron Giant. That's right? a long time ago. How could you forget Riddick, though? Yeah. All, all those things are a long time <laughs> ago. If Babylon, As soon as Fast and Babylon Furious disappears, Vin Diesel's not really doing anything except Groot. Right? Like... Yeah. If this franchise dies, then his career is, like, not really active. That's my understanding. And Groot has such limited dialogue. Like, he yeah, just they get him name. in studio for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I am Groot, right. But that's yeah. not a we bad think gig, it's 20 I mean, minutes. We actually think it's 20 minutes, that. but he's, he's probably in there for an hour with them. <laughs> like, yeah, let's yeah. be real. <laughs> yeah, if not less. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah, especially not very hearing long. about this. Especially hearing about people not wanting to work with him, like The Rock and the director here, J- Justin Lin. Yeah. 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 It's. Uh, I wonder how the 10th one will turn out. I hope that's the last one. Because I actually like it, the 7th one. And then are they going to space in the 10th one or not? Nine, though? Kind of down. <laughs> like, nine? Yeah, yeah, nine? Yeah. Nine was sucks. slightly better than eight, but yeah, they I forgot sucked. there was even a ninth one. Like, that's how. Yeah, that John was the space was one, right? Is Ludacris still in the Fast and Furious movies? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Damn. Yeah, he's, he's down. Around. Christopher Bridges. I think hmm. the last one I saw was the CGI Paul Walker, I think. That was yeah, a while seven. Ago. Oh, seven, yeah. yeah. yeah the That's the last uh, good one. It's a good one? <laughs> if you, if you want to come on one. Wait, did they go to space in Fast 9? Yeah. Okay, that actually yeah. happened. Tyrese goes oh, to space. God. The one I forgot they about. They could have just called it Fast Space 9 and just left it like that. Mm. <laughs> could have just called it Space Jam. They should be calling <laughs> it Fast 10, your seatbelts, for that one. The last one. <laughs> Fast X. I could do one of yeah. those. Oh, here's a fun game. Without even looking it up, don't even... You're not allowed to cheat. Uh, name mm-hmm. the Fast and Furious movies by title oh, in God. order. I can no, do that. <laughs> I could definitely no. do that. No, you can do that, Ralph. Uh, All right, Ralph, go for it. Yeah, yeah. I'll pull okay, it up. Do, do From it. the first one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's. I think it's uh, Fast and Furious. That's the first one, right? Then it's uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. I'm not okay, looking at yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, right, it's, right. then it's Tokyo Drift. It's yeah, Fast yeah, and Furious. Tokyo, Tokyo Drift, Drift. next. Then, then it's The Fast and The Furious. <laughs> <laughs> then it's Fast Five. Then it's Fast and Furious Six. I think. Then it's just Furious Seven, and then it's Fate <laughs> of the Furious, and then it's F Nine, and then whatever this tenth one is. That's right, right? Uh, you mixed up one and four. Unfortunately, the first film one was four. The Fast and the Furious. That one's yeah, that's the and one I four messed was up. Fast okay. and Furious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, th- I was really thinking about it. Like yeah. the first one, I'm like, oh shit, is it The Fast or? 
that, it, that's it is, I get confused it is such a trope for the fourth movie to just add or remove a the. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you never want to say four. Final destination. Four is like they embarrassing did, you know. to people. It's weird right. that they become ashamed of the number four because three fits right. in a trilogy. <laughs> you know? No one ever wants to name right. it the fourth. You never want four in the title unless you're Saw. Then you wear that like a badge of honor. You're like, fuck yeah, this is four. <laughs> for Saw. <laughs> no, that was yeah. respectable to them. I was amazed you managed to pull that out of your head like that. Well done. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I, I just missed Ooh. the thought. Yeah. And yeah, the Fast and Fur- uh, the Sorry. The the Final Destination movies, they also do that with the the. Exactly. And the fourth. The Final yeah. Destination. Yeah. The fourth it's a, it's the. a trope. It's a really weird. <laughs> people are scared of the number so four. Weird. Or at least they think people are. And I understand it because like three just seems that like this is like when when you think of a trilogy, it's like this was exactly as many as they planned. And then four seems like that one step too far. That seems where it's like this is starting mm-hmm. to get excessive is the implication with the number four. So, <laughs> yeah, that that's a uh, shark jumping cool. territory. Number four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so All right. That's, um, uh, that's Vin Diesel. Yeah. We saw a movie in theaters a great movie it is still in theaters it is called you saw it in theaters yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> i saw it in oh me th- too i saw it in literal <laughs> theaters because i saw it twice and it was in more than one theater so i saw it in theaters oh yeah plural um cool. everything everywhere all at once directed by the daniels daniel kwan and daniel Scheinert. what did everybody think of this movie uh we can start with dick uh, fingers yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we can start with you, Raven. Anyway, I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I actually was very confused. I went into the movie not really knowing what to expect. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I see is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis playing the best Karen I have ever seen in a very <laughs> long time. <laughs> like, she was so good at being racist ish. I could almost smell the microaggressions coming off mm-hmm. of her vest. It was, it was pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, she was definitely playing a type. Yeah. yeah. I also liked the do you guys remember the Space Odyssey parody? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. With the, yeah. with the fingers or the Oh the yeah. Spoiler alert like everybody for everything yeah, we're spoiling the movie. Just yeah. making sure yeah, we're so, mentioning sorry. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe move yeah. that earlier. Hot dog f- yeah. whatever, it's fine. It's on the poster, the hot dog. The hot fingers. dog fingers, yeah. Yeah. And then they eat uh, their fingers and like mustard yeah, and ketchup comes out. That's yeah. like really gross. <laughs> that actually grossed me out. Yeah. But I do like the concept of using your own powers from different multiverses or universes with infinite outcomes. Yeah, it, it was like a weird butterfly effect. It it was like a reimagining of like the Matrix powers where he like downloads and he's like, yeah. I know kung fu. Or it's, but but it it took it to like such a different degree of like Okay, we're we're putting in a more like purposeful thematic concept in here for that. But also they have, you know, this didn't need to be in it for thematic purposes, but just for entertainment purposes, perform an action that is so unlikely that it will connect with the right universe. <laughs> and so people are just doing yeah. these weird things mm-hmm. of like, okay, fucking eat your chapstick and like all of these hilarious yeah. Yeah. nonsense like Building what is absurd it? humor into yeah. the plot and making it make sense right. within yeah it catapults you into a different part of the multiverse yeah, yeah. it's like completely yeah. ridiculous yeah but it fits with like the daniels filmography mm-hmm. quite well i think with their absurdist yeah. humor like i don't think it's out of place at all 
Well, I, I never saw um, Swiss Army Man, but I heard uh -huh. it was, the humor didn't quite land as much. Whereas I, I'm still haven't got around to that. Not one. for I me personally. The death of Dick Long. I thought that was um, hilarious, but um, hell yeah. oh yeah, Here, I haven't seen that one. Perfect. I've seen Swiss Army Man. I liked it. I'm I'm more like yeah, that that humor didn't really connect with me. Um, this this movie I feel is a little more accessible. Swiss Army Man is like way more quirky than this, and way more purposeless in its quirkiness. This film is like they mm -hmm. took. It's more quirky than this. Yeah, they they took. Wow. Well, I mean, like this this feels like quirky with a purpose, and I think that helps. Is because okay. like everything yeah. that this does, it it sort of like makes sense, and it feels like they have the reins. Yeah. On uh, these absurdist things that they're putting into the film, it feels like they they're able to contain it within the film and contain it like they're holding it in a ball or whatever you want to call it it's yeah. in the everything bagel let's say it feeds into itself um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whereas like that's a great uh, uh swiss yeah. army man is just like for the sake of being weird that's it and that's like that's all there is to it it's just the weirdness okay. is where it starts and ends and it doesn't really ha it doesn't tie into itself Everything everywhere all at once, you could say is like a character story about like a, a mother accepting her daughter and coming to terms with like things in her own life and the possibilities of what she could have done and who she is. And, you know, all of that can exist without the absurdist uh, or supernatural elements, but they all complement each other very well in this film. They all like tie into each other and it, it works. It works really well, I think. My thoughts on it are honestly kind of as messy as uh, intentionally messy i'll say the movie is as as like the title suggests mm -hmm. it, it, it's wacky it's yeah and it yeah. keeps ramping up like nearly every half an hour and it's inherently unpredictable as a result uh, you just never know where it's going and i i purposely made sure to not watch any trailers or anything i just wanted Good. to experience it fresh and it was it was a, a proper experience i don't know if i've really I'm I'm trying to reel myself in because when I when I have like such a strong emotional reaction to a movie, I can kind of overhype it in my head, and it's only my first viewing, and I only saw it a day or two ago, so I'm still kind of wrapping my thoughts around it. But I've felt this way about a movie probably since Hot Fuzz, just in terms of balancing that tone, mm. fitting in references in a way that makes sense, and as you said, yeah, feeds into itself and builds up a story, and just the kind of scrappiness of it too. I didn't yeah. realize. Nine people worked on the visual effects for this movie. Mm -hmm. Nine people. That's and they all learned it, it off looked, YouTube it and, and Google. Mm -hmm. So it's like this. I love the scrappiness and the the kind of low budget, twenty five million. Yeah, the, the, there's so much inspired, good about yeah. it. And like the main yeah. character is like a, a middle aged Chinese woman who's like getting divorced. Yeah. Like everything about it feels like so like fresh and and original. Yeah. And, it, it, and and the references <laughs> yeah. aren't annoying. Yeah, that because that's such a sticking like point a... for me. It's perfect. Like it's just following like this family that works at like a laundromat. It's just like so. But um, it also ties in perfectly with the story because logically it's about this multiverse thing, right? And and you're trying to find the most innocent kind of version of a protagonist. It, and it would be like this kind of you know kind of maybe poor um, like uh, person who's like working at this laundromat. But then you see like the the opposite version of like her her daughter who's like this is super evil <laughs> like alternate version i i love that character too and that performance mm -hmm. i thought she was really good in the movie and the the visual effects involving her and, and all that yeah I, I couldn't believe nine people worked on the movie because all the effects are really inspired and they feel definitely more inspired than something you'd see in like a bigger budget movie um that's out now um 
not that I dislike Marvel or anything, but yeah, the, it's it's like I love the shots of like Michelle Yeoh like center frame, and it's all the different. Oh yeah, like you can yeah. see the uh... you know it's it's seizure inducing, but like in a good way. It's like you know it's not like in bad. Yeah, it's like how I like Gaspar Noé films too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, if you need to close your eyes or whatever, but um, I, I think it's great. Like I love those scenes. It doesn't yeah. do anything bad for my eyes anyway. Um, and yeah, you're right, Alex. It's like trying to encompass like that title, like that everything concept, yeah. like every you know, it's trying to be about everything, and it's it's very kind of all over the place in in a good way, I think. But I could see why some people wouldn't like that. Um, yeah, it feeds yeah, into like, a central message, doesn't it? Where it's right. like the, the, the villain of the movie is, is someone who's taken the whole world on their shoulders. She's basically a this whole bagel thing is kind of like a. A metaphor for depression, nihilism, just anything negative like that. Just the acknowledgement of the absurdity of our existence, basically. That's like that's another thing the the movie like directly yeah, addresses. The kind of MacGuffin times. of the movie, the the everything bagel, which is great <laughs> because it could be anything, and I love that it's just like an everything bagel. Yeah, it's, and it's, a lot of the imagery that references it. Yeah, yeah, it's just perfect for like the absurdist humor of the movie too. Like I couldn't think of a better kind of prop for this kind of film, honestly. Yeah. Um, and it falls in line with the title also. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to mention Kehu Kwan That's from yeah. Short Round. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Short Round's in the movie. That's awesome. Yeah. Last time I saw it, he was like a little kid. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's really great in the movie. He was fucking yeah, awesome. He's yeah. really great. He's he one of my favorite to parts to of the film. And yeah, James Hong as well is really great. He just got his star at the, in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I don't know if you know. Oh, shit. I didn't know. But yeah. He has a ton of, I think, 177 credits. That's what it says on Letterboxd. Oh, wow. So he's been in a ton of movies. So, yeah, it's cool they just, you know, gave him it after this movie. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's great in the movie. I mean, I thought he was fucking hilarious, like everybody is. Um, well, yeah, what what a fun, like, framing for these actors to play. Like, you basically get to play a bunch of different characters, like, changing within a scene and just getting yeah. to see them, like, swap on the go and... The emotional range, like that, it's really satisfying the way it will go from the scene will open and it would be something completely absurd, something ridiculous. Yeah. But two, three minutes later, you'll you'll be in tears. Like they managed to spin the drama around and maintain the <laughs> right. drama despite the absurdity. Uh-huh. That's what's so and, good about uh, it. it. It's weird that it was able to do that because it's so chaotic. Because it seems yeah. to jump everywhere. Because it's it's just absurd, but then I think it kind of grounds itself by having those rules because it reminds me of, um, you know, when you're on the schoolyard and you just like make up a bunch of things that don't make mm. sense, yeah. <laughs> like finger guns and just like, it, it just seemed like, I don't know, it was easy to sort of, um, get immersed into it, but also it, it was just, I didn't get lost. I don't know. I thought maybe I would find it kind of cringy just because of all of the absurd elements, but it worked really well together. Yeah. In in concept, this shouldn't work. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it is so it is, ambitious. It is way too ambitious for how well it wound up working. In in that yeah. it, it it's <laughs> the way that they I guess chipped away at the script and just you know the final draft. It must have it must have taken a long time to get to that place, considering like everything that they put into this film. Like, there's probably a lot of concepts that they dropped. Um, it probably took them mm-hmm. a while to get to but, uh, yeah. containing it in this. I way. think it was um, it was shot before COVID. 
Oh, yeah? So I'm, I, was, I was watching some interviews um, this morning, and they're talking about how they spent like most of lockdown in 2020, 2021 editing. They were describing this process of like they were just editing various scenes in their bedrooms or at home, like sharing it over the internet. And they described this concept called swarm editing, mm. where they're like, if they were stuck on a scene, they were kind of like sharing it around with the, with the like kind of tight, scrappy way they were making it. It seemed like quite loose. And I, I don't know how you could assemble a film like this without having a totally scrappy loose like framework like that because it's yeah. just so ambitious there's no there's no really a good way yeah. to explain this without just tinkering mm -hmm. uh, uh, i just want the uh the i don't remember his name i think it was radicuni i want yeah, him to have his Ra name Ra show. yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. it was too good that was funny yeah i like that it just started as like a you know, uh, the the incorrect title pronunciation at the beginning, and then it just turned into like, oh, we're actually doing a, yeah. a bit for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was one where I, I didn't love it at first when it was just a, a reference that was wrong, but it was the commitment to it and bringing yeah. it back and then, <laughs> yeah, re recalling yeah. to it and having the whole that is, like, that is an emotional the end. ending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the, one, yeah. the one shot in that, like, yeah, yeah the, the uh, <laughs> that emotional uh, sequence. Where like the dramatic music <laughs> yeah, picks yeah, up yeah. and it's going, and it's literally voiced by universe. Randy Newman, which is extra. Funny. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Oh my god. literally Randy Newman. Like it gets <laughs> yeah, it funnier the more you yeah. hear about this movie. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, I actually went back Randy just Newman to hear too. him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the soundtrack for this film too. The Sun Lux did it, which I love that band. The great band, mm -hmm. make great music, and and uh, the soundtrack for this movie was fucking sick. It's fucking great. I have, <laughs> I have very minor issues with the soundtrack. I, I'm stuck between, like, there's parts where I feel like I wish that it was more memorable at parts in terms of, like, a melodic um, presentation. Um, but I, th I think that where the soundtrack works best is when it's uh, doing its own rendition of, uh, I think, Claire de Lune by... Debussy, Debussy, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that that when, whenever that's reincorporated, that's awesome. I think that works super well. That classical tune, um, and yeah, although yeah, although like melodically, I you know I wish that I got something more memorable from the other parts of the soundtrack. I still respect it a lot because it's doing it's emulating a lot of different genres. Um, the trailer song, mm -hmm. so like at the beginning of the film, they play the same song that was in the trailer. I thought that that was like absolutely fantastic. Um, but there was something that's just like something really tiny just missing from me from like some of the more dramatic parts musically. Um, but yeah, otherwise, it, it's very minor issues that I have with the soundtrack, but like overall, respect it a lot. Yeah. Well, I love the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Um, go back to the visual effects too. Like, um, I feel like it feels like kind of a low budget movie, but that's what I like about it. Like we mentioned the, the body switching, like when her husband switches bodies, it's mm. usually just a sound effect. Yeah. And like, or and just performance. Like it's just, <laughs> right. And yeah, a performance. Yeah, performance. It's just yeah. editing and it, it, but it's completely immersive. Like you totally believe it in the movie. Like you're uh -huh. never distracted by like, oh, yeah. he's just doing like a movement. A you, you totally, oh, like, oh, he's a different well. person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's very clear like, what's going on. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. It's always very, yeah. Uh, obvious what's going on and yeah i just i like that stuff um i like that the movie feels very grand scale even though it kind of isn't like a lot of the movie is in a laundromat and in that irs building and i think that's basically it like maybe a couple other small locations but like it feels so much more kind of epic 
than that jumping between all the multiverses yeah exactly the different versions of her right it's it's kind of confusing yeah like you said raven it's kind of confusing but like in a good way like how science fiction should be like kind of how chris nolan's movies are (laughs) but like i like science fiction to be confusing complicated like it's almost kind of parodying that in a way but it works like it's just really yeah like you just kind of roll with it because they're like no there's a set of rules and you're like okay because they sort of feed you the rules to it so you don't really question Mm -hmm. anything that's going on you just kind of absorb everything Mm -hmm. and it acknowledges the absurdity like directly a couple times like um yeah looper style where it's like this doesn't make any sense but it just keeps moving forward it doesn't matter it doesn't matter like one of the rules is basically that there are no rules which kind of gives you ultimate creative freedom especially when it's like grounded by the family dynamics because everyone can relate to that that's like the the core conflict of like the parents and the and the child not being able to connect generally generationally um and it's not just with the child actually with the grand Mm -hmm. uh, father as well yeah, the family aspect really does ground the absurdity. It's, I just kept saying at multiple points to myself, like, this, this can't keep escalating. How, how is it, how is it working? How is this simultaneous, like, humor I get, like, having it just a funny movie, but it's, it's, it's balancing the tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. tone is, like, a tone like this is, like, so difficult. If, mm-hmm. if you're going for the ambitious kind of shock comedy, like as far as it goes in some places, like the, like the, the buff bug fight scene and stuff like that, it's like very satisfying. It's so satisfying. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's actually laugh out loud funny. Yeah. But to have right. the drama work as well, I think is so admirable. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of yeah. shocked that it works the way it does. I'm glad I saw this for the first time in a crowd. The audience was having a great time with it. Yeah. The crowd's great when I saw it both times, like really good crowd people yeah they yeah, were always great laughing. energy yeah is there mm-hmm. another movie that manages to balance absurdity with reality like this movie did um well, it reminded me like charlie kaufman films or like oh that's a good made. example it felt it felt esque like yeah. it reminded me of eternal sunshine or being john like malkovich that. is like a good um, example yeah oh it was yeah, kind of existential good. but also it felt like a daniels film like it was the, yeah. the absurdist humor is definitely like a staple of theirs and like it gave the movie personality that mm-hmm. made it feel unique to them for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's really interesting how far they push the absurdist nature because there's other directors that just do nothing but like oh this is weird and that's the whole point and it's just weird like um Quentin Dupieux who uh his famous movie is Rubber and that was all right the killer tile tire oh, movie yeah. that was fine for what mm-hmm. it was and like kind of self-aware but everything he made after that is just like lol so random and that's it and i'm just like i'm irritated by it to such an unbelievable degree because it doesn't have a purpose and it's it's not intelligent mm-hmm. or clever it's not saying anything it's not whereas everything everywhere all at once is like it's profound at points it's it's actually it has something mm-hmm. to say it's coming from a personal place um, it's using quirkiness to help tell a story rather than substitute a story. And I like that. I like that a lot. It's, you know, it's very well balanced um, and yeah. super, super accessible. There's not there's not many movies this weird that I would just recommend to everybody. This is this is a movie that I showed my mom yeah. and she liked it a lot. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very like creatively inspiring in that way. Just in terms of like. They managed to make this this ruleless, like just wacky story, hit home in this kind of way. It's it's quite illuminating and like 
trying to not box, your, box yourself in in any way. It's just, yeah, I can't mm-hmm. get over that that side mm-hmm. of it. It's a very, like, emotional movie. Make it, it's making people cry. <laughs> make no, it people literally cry has, like, we haven't t- mentioned, like, the action scenes and stuff like that, and incorporating, oh, yeah. like, there's literally, like, a Smash Bros. sound effect in it. Like, just. Yes! Strong. Oh my god! Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, right it's Like, that's something that would go completely over, completely over my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Except the there was flip. no guy yelling game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It reminded me of Scott Pilgrim with, like, the absurdity and. And yeah, like the fight scenes too, like all that stuff from the movie. Yeah. I love the action scenes. They were so well shot and fun um, and like really well choreographed. Really well choreographed, yeah. What's yeah. extra yeah. hilarious is that we got a new Matrix movie recently. <laughs> but this is a better yeah, Matrix, yeah. Movie. <laughs> Matrix movie. This is a yeah. much yeah. better yeah. Matrix movie. That, like, that yeah, was definitely, that wasn't really a Matrix movie. Like they... This mm-hmm. had much better choreography. This had yeah. much better... There's, that there's scene, even that, yeah, there's that direct um, reference, so isn't there, with the... The shot where he, uh, she changes a office cubicle and it's like oh yeah 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 staged the same way as the yeah it's the very show. clearly inspired yeah yeah right right it's the best Matrix movie since the original Matrix in my opinion oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah true <laughs> yeah better than it's all the their sequels. Matrix yeah maybe even a little bit of Doctor Strange I want her to fight Doctor Strange <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like the multiverse thing, right? Yeah. But yeah, I was just waiting for them to push it too far. I guess that's what I was trying to say. As it was building, as the these more elements kept stacking on top of each other, I was waiting. When is it going to stop working for right. me? It just never does. Even yeah. with how absurd yeah. it does oh. get towards you, with the sausage yeah. fingers, with the <laughs> just how ridiculous <laughs> uh-huh. it goes, could easily uh-huh. fall apart at any moment. But they yeah. they managed to bring things. They maintained back to, like, it. The yeah, central, it's consistent. The central themes of the film. Mm-hmm. It's performing. Yeah. Very well. It just recently, as of like a couple days ago, um, broke A24's uh, box office record. So it's it's now its most yeah. its highest grossing film. It just beat Uncut Gems, which remember has Adam Sandler in it, right? Like this yeah. is nah, this doesn't have like Michelle Yeoh is like the that, biggest that... actor out of all of the people in this. Yeah, uh, Michelle well, I guess Jamie Lee actor, Curtis actually but, is probably yeah. a big big bigger. But oh yeah, her too. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, domestically, I think. I think worldwide, it's. Oh, is that just domestically? (laughs) Domestic Um, record, yeah. What's incredible about this? It's still, yeah, it did great. Yeah, um, (laughs) as of a few weeks ago, so in its sixth weekend at the box office, it had dropped zero percent. So it wasn't. It was like (laughs) maintaining a constant flow of people watching the movie. This is one of those infectious word of mouth films. And this shows up like maybe once a decade or something. Like, I don't know. It's been a while since there's been like a really like infectious word of mouth film. Like an example of that would be like yeah. Napoleon Dynamite, where like it screened in like a few theaters and then became like a huge hit just because people were like, ah, it's so funny. At this point, it's dropped off like 6%, which is still incredible for like, what, eight, nine weeks at the box office? Like, yeah. However long it's been, and it's now just opened in the UK too, so that should help it out a bit. Yeah, wow. extremely limited release here too. Yeah, yeah, they're doing weird stuff with this movie. I wish A twenty four just released things like normal, but whatever. Um, I know. Like perhaps the, it's it's like its own strategy in terms of like them knowing that it's a word of mouth film. They're just like keeping it in the conversation as long as possible. I don't know, but I'm glad it's doing well, and I'm glad it's working out for them. I'm really happy that like. This is like a, you know, a passionate, personal film that is gaining a lot of recognition with people. 
sure it's not as big as Doctor Strange, but um, among you know people that care about films and even expanding beyond that, uh, just random friends of people that care care a lot about films. Uh, a lot of people are seeing it. And a lot of people are enjoying it. I love to see it. I like I like it when something can permeate the uh, public consciousness like this. Yeah, and it it's should a, just be the beginning. It's actually right? a fresh experience for anybody because there's so yeah. much going on in the movie that it just naturally makes the trailer ambiguous. Like I have no mm -hmm. idea what I was looking at. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, the impossible trailer to give away a lot. It. Yeah, the description yeah. on IMDb used to just be a woman does her taxes. <laughs> it's hilariously big. That's great, actually. Yeah, how do you how do you top this? Like, what are the what are the Daniels going to do after this point? Yeah, I'm 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 for it. <laughs> I'm all for it. Like the uh -huh. yeah, I really loved uh, Death of Dick Long, even though it was only one of them that directed that. But um, yeah, like after this, I'm like, okay, I'm sold. I'll just watch your next movie. I'm not even going to watch the trailer. You know, well, f what, even if your next movie is not as good as this, like I'll probably yeah, good get luck following it up is the thing. It'd be nice <laughs> to see something, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Could you, like kind of could you imagine peak, a sequel? Right. <laughs> I wonder, I, like that <laughs> might that might not do? work well, but you never know. Yeah, this is just leave it here. The budget was only twenty five million dollars. That's yeah. really great. Mm hmm. That's that's awesome. Let's see. <laughs> Do you have any criticisms with this film, really? Because uh, I hardly have any. I have just some the music to complaints. like that tiny, <laughs> tiny bit. Uh, yeah, fifty-six million worldwide. There's some dubbing. Grosses. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I'm gonna. I'm trying to look yeah. up a list of like eight twenty-four worldwide. Yeah, I think the reason why the worldwide isn't high is because they just didn't release it outside the states for a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So, so it. Should... It was part of the movie where um. It might uh, be eventually. They were trying to set up for a misunderstanding. Like when he, her husband was um, presenting her with the divorce papers. Hmm. I was so sure that they were going to hold on to that until the end of the movie, but I really appreciate that they just threw that out within the mm. first mm. few minutes of yeah, the film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. That would have yeah. been a criticism, but they didn't end up using it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, very crazy. Uh, unique movie if you haven't seen it please check it out anybody listening uh even if we've said a lot about it can't really spoil this movie it's it's its own experience like no. if someone mm. tells you about it no matter how much they say it doesn't you can't really spoil the experience of this movie it's it's not it's not a movie you can really spoil you can still watch it and get no. just as much out of it uh wait worldwide box office a24 number one's hereditary then lady bird then moonlight then okay. everything all at once yeah so just It'll domestically then yeah yeah everything could, all at once it might could beat uh, number one what how much is hereditary uncut gems is five hereditary is 81 million worldwide okay. it could get there it needs to make 30 million from like other countries. yeah and it just opened it up there. in like europe and shit so who knows yeah we'll see it could get there uh yeah Midsommar's on there, The Witch is 7, Ex Machina's 8, Room is 9, Spring Breakers is 10. That's interesting. Spring oh, Breakers. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that at all. It's his most successful. Yeah, though. I guess. Yeah. yeah. That was 2013 personified. Um, all right. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm giving this one a 9 out of 10. Loved it. Watch it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Nine out of ten. Could probably bump up if uh, when I see it again. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, I just want to hold it back a little cool. bit. Yeah, for now. there's a lot of Easter eggs in it, so yeah, 
definitely yeah, nine out of ten, or even higher. Yeah, like a six, <laughs> nine. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's great. I'm happy for the Daniels, and yeah, like uh, that they made a movie that is so successful and also like fucking weird. Yeah. 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 Great. I want to see more of it. Great I'm film. happy it's doing. Yeah, well. I'm looking forward to their next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll definitely be like one of my favorites of the year, probably like definitely on my list. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. High. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, right now. It's my I maybe my favorite movie of the year. There was another right film I watched is, called yeah. Uh, yeah. Klondike. Uh, that was really good. Oh. From okay. Sundance. Right now, this is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like the Batman. And I like Men. I saw Men. That was great. Yeah. I'll be totally seeing that as soon that. as I'm testing negative for COVID, because I might still be That one's kind COVID. of like a mother situation, I think. Like, people don't like it, because it's kind of fucking weird and crazy, but <laughs> I definitely like it. <laughs> Alex, yeah, is that in theaters time. for yeah. you okay. right now, men? Yeah, 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 that's okay. right. Yeah, I was yeah. going to see it tomorrow. Yeah, we'll cool. catch it before the next episode for sure. Yeah, just um, yesterday. All yeah. right, the film recommendation of this episode. It was my recommendation, so I will describe the film. It is four months, three weeks, two days. It is a Romanian film. It won the Palm d'Or, I believe, in 2007. Um, it is directed by Christian Mungyu. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I probably butchered it, but that's just fine. This is a, uh, very, uh, very brutal, very, um, real, Mm -hmm. uh, non-sugar-coated film about, uh, Mm -hmm. a woman and her friend, uh, trying to get a, uh, black market abortion in Romania in the 1980s, where it was you know, illegal. And uh, yeah, spoilers for this film. I would highly recommend it. So if you haven't seen it, check it out and, you know, come back and listen. But uh, uh, yeah, what did uh, what did everyone think of this movie? I had to like sit on it afterwards. And then I think like maybe after an hour or so, I started to realize that the main character, she's basically a vessel because I felt a lot of anxiety when I watched the movie. And it's all kind of mm. through her perspective. Because I noticed that the other characters, they all seemed kind of muted around her or just a little more, I guess, jaded by everything. It was weird, mm-hmm. but it's very anxious, especially the one scene at the dinner table that just it felt like it went mm. on forever. Yeah. Yeah. There are a couple of dinner table scenes <laughs> of misery. It's harrowing. Um, and it's it's so impressive, like the the, the approach to such a sensitive topic. And being able to present it with a is just a straightforward. This is what it is, and here's here's the harsh fucking reality of having mm-hmm. to live under oppressive laws like this. Like I, I didn't realize for the first half an hour or so, I was a little bit like, well, "Where's this going? What what's the structure of this? How is this how is this going to come together? What's the what's the pace about?" But it's, as soon as it gets to that hotel room and you kind of fi- see like what's going on i, d- I didn't know about how, like, just how strict romania was in the 80s um regarding mm, this yeah. sort of yeah. thing including um like contraception even and mm-hmm. stuff like this so yeah it, it's harrowing it's horrifying um but makes a very strong point i, I would say what do you think Rob? yeah oh, i feel the same <laughs> yeah it makes a very strong point I I love the way that it's filmed. Um lots of yeah. long takes. Um yeah. 
It's all handheld, but not like, yeah, it's not like distractingly shaky cam or anything. It's just sort of like Mm -hmm. this uneasy sort of, you know, not, uh, not stable, I guess is to, to reflect the tone of the film. It was very well shot. I thought not exploitive. Mm -hmm. It was very well shot. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel like, yeah, look, look good. Told the story well, I thought. It didn't feel like over dramatized or like manipulative. Um, mm-hmm. especially with the lack of music, um, mm-hmm. it's very subtle. Yeah, yeah minimal. Mm. Yeah, which is definitely better. Like when you're approaching the subject matter, like yeah, you don't I, need I like that flair for a story better. like this. Like it, yeah, yeah, it grounds right. it yeah. way more. Exactly. It's not sensationalized. Like, it kind of it kind of speaks for itself, right? It doesn't need yeah. to be sensationalized. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it won awards at Con, right? The Palm Door. Mm-hmm. And perhaps yeah, some others. The best thing you could yeah, win. the yeah. grand for for the big prize. When did it come out? Uh, Two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. It's definitely like I definitely like the the message of the movie and like the politics behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's like one of those films. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was shocking, but not in your face. It was very mm-hmm. subtle in the way it added shock value. Yeah, it was it was brutal without feeling like poor taste. Yeah, it wasn't like brutal like a fucking Eli Roth movie. Like <laughs> mm. it wasn't. That's not what it was trying to be. <laughs> it, it didn't feel uh, immature <laughs> about approaching its subject. Imagine matter. Eli Roth thinking this. <laughs> oh no, thank you. <laughs> oh dude, you don't even put that yeah. in my head, Adam. Keanu Reeves <laughs> in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that would be terrible. <laughs> you <can't erase>. <laughs> <laughs> You're pregnant? Whoa! Like, no, no. <laughs> just would Whoa. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is. Um, I, I, I don't know how the rest of you feel about this, but I felt like the pacing of this movie was like absolutely fantastic, and that might be because I've seen it so many times too. But like. It flies by for me. It feels like 40 minutes go by and it feels like 20 minutes for me. Much of it feels like it's sort of in real time. But but the communication of, of passage of time is like a really, really big, really well done thing for me in this film. How did how did you all feel about it? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially the scene at the table or uh, when she's trying to make phone calls to her friend. It felt very urgent, even mm-hmm. though everything around her was just sort of going. Yeah, I just I watched it thinking like, okay, get back to the apartment, go back to the apartment. Yeah. Mm. The tension and misery from her just sat there in silence. Yeah. Yeah, the way the way that tension flows in the dinner table scene is in large part due to the blocking, to how the scene was blocked. Um mm-hmm. So while she's sitting there and she's like very physically reserved, she's, you know, almost like curling up in a ball and you can see the anxiety in her face and her not really being there presently in the conversation. Her head is clearly elsewhere. And meanwhile, everyone else at the table is kind of like really in in any other circumstance, this wouldn't be so uncomfortable. But because of the context of the film, like they're reaching across the table and like just very loud and like. It's like it's a very incredibly uncomfortable situation to to observe and just how much movement there is between everybody else and how still she is. It it's it's a very very well communicated um 
emotional perspective of that character, I feel. Yeah, I, I don't even really know how they managed to articulate that throughout the movie, because it was done really well. But did you guys notice that everyone else felt very slow? Um, I don't know how to describe it. Well, okay, so Gabita, she is the one who's pregnant, right? But you would kind of think maybe she would have a little bit more panic or urgency, but it just felt like it was all coming from the main character. Yeah, I, I think she that... She's concerned for everybody else. Well, it's... I. They were kind of experiencing this trauma together. Yeah. And, but, but even though they were together, they were experiencing it alone, in a way. Like, the rest of the world was, like, really uncaring and and like apathetic towards them and I, I guess like even unaware um most of the characters are you know they don't even understand uh what's happening and it's just not their problem because they're not aware of it with heather performing like uh i forget her name the uh, gabita i think uh, is the uh black-haired uh woman like yeah throughout the film she like her personality and um everything that we find out about her character like she doesn't she's not great at um <laughs> planning ahead <laughs> she's uh yes, I... <laughs> she's very um she's she's not the brightest and that's yeah. not to suggest that she deserves any of the pain coming to her because she doesn't um but it's it's yeah, a good way to sure. sort of emphasize the idea that like okay yeah well not not everyone's going to be able to prevent a pregnancy not everyone's going to be able to deal with this right away whether it be fi for financial reasons or because of like personality reasons or um you know like not everyone's like a perfect example of like some genius who has everything figured out in their life you know some people are kind of fuck-ups and they find their themselves into this situation and that doesn't mean they deserve it you know like um so i found it interesting that they didn't paint her as like some sort of like virtuous like oh i'm you know i did everything right and things still fucked up though no she clearly fucked up too but like it's presenting a very real like okay yeah even if people fuck up like do they really deserve this happening to them like we can still empathize with them right you know um yeah yeah i think because it seemed they seemed a little disconnected from each other because maybe that's just how she processed uh the trauma of even being pregnant at a time like that I, they so, they seem so disconnected that even at the very end of the movie, uh, when the main character was like, let's just forget about this, but you could tell she was stressed out. Mm -hmm. Gabita was like, all right, let's just forget about it. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it just kind of ended up. I was sensing, um, more almost relief in a way from Gabita. Yeah. She was so distressed by this idea of like, there's no solution to this problem and uh, we have to get this done. So by the time she's at the table, oh, I'm just so hungry. I've got to, I've got to eat. Whereas the other character, the plan doesn't go as it should have. So mm -hmm. she's thinking ahead that certain, that the assault could have been avoided in her head if like just certain decisions weren't made. So there's an extra pain at that dinner table when like there's nothing really addressed. The Gabita character doesn't really acknowledge it in any way, like the, what she's done yeah. or what they had to do. So there's just like a sickening mm -hmm. silence. I think she's just sort of like repressing it internally. I think that she just deals yeah. with those emotions in a very different way. Um, you know, like the main character comes back to the hotel and the first thing she's like, why didn't you answer the phone? And she doesn't even acknowledge it. Gabita just like is is clearly in her own contained world with her own 
thoughts and she just says like it came out it's in the bathroom and she doesn't even acknowledge yeah. that she didn't pick up the phone like mm. she she's in it in kind of like in a stun locked position where like she i i don't we'll never know like to to the level of which she's trying to communicate with the outside world but she's sort of trapped internally like she's very clearly unable to um to to, to deal with uh, everything that's happening, and so she gets stuck inside. It, 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 she's very clearly internalizing a lot of it, and just, yeah, it's. I, I, yeah. I think the characters portrayed really well, both of them, all of them. Yeah, really. mm-hmm. yeah. It was, it was great mm-hmm. because you kind of look at it two ways. Where at first glance, you kind of think, okay, well, she's just really selfish, and she's only thinking of her own safety because uh, of how dire the situation is. It, it almost seems like. Uh, Gabita's in her own mind, but then when you actually look at it, she's coming from a place of trauma. So there's there's double layers to it, and um, I, I did remember that one scene where the main character's talking to her boyfriend. They're having an argument, and she says, "Gabita would help me if I had an abortion." And I actually thought about that. I was like, "Would she?" I, I don't really know, just because of how the characters were interacting with each other. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that. Um... And this is something that I kind of um, picked up on this most recent watch. I think like one of the things that it's really just like hammering down is like this idea of like isolation when it comes to these problems, because you can't talk to yeah. anybody else about it. And they're dealing with these problems themselves. And like one of the last lines of the yeah. film is just like, um, we're never going to speak about this to anyone. And the visuals accompanying yeah. that is like an entire party happening in the background, right? Like that's a huge contrast of emphasis of like these two are dealing with their trauma while the rest of the world is going on and taking place and they can't speak to anybody about it because they're, you know, it's criminalized. They they can't even, they're, they're going to deal with this by themselves and no one's there to help them. And, and an interesting visual that I just picked up on this last time that I watched is at the end, not only is the party happening um, behind glass, um, but as the the shot continues on, it's kind of a reveal that the camera perspective is also behind glass uh, b- before the um, uh, the car starts moving. You see the reflection of the headlights. They add the sound as well. And so that's almost kind of a reveal like, no, you, the viewer, are separated from them as well behind glass. There's the scene earlier when she's talking to her boyfriend who doesn't know uh, about this whole situation. He's just like, uh, make sure you're there with flowers and blah, 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 blah. They're like trying to plan this dinner. And the way that that scene continues on, she walks behind at the building that they are and she goes behind glass. And so it's like this interesting recurring um, visual uh, choice. And the shot continues on. He just He's sitting there. She's behind the glass and she even kisses him through the glass. She like puts her hand to her lips and to the oh, right. to the glass and then mm. she walks away. I feel like that has to be intentional. I feel like that has to be like a, a visual um, like, you know, a, some symbolism for uh, the isolation and the different worlds of these characters that like he has no idea what she's going through. They're, you know, in a separate reality basically because they're unable to communicate with each other and yeah you know, process it together. even it it did feel very stifled because even during the dinner scene when she's sitting next to her boyfriend they don't even look at each other like they're both just looking off into the distance at i don't even know what but it's just yeah he doesn't it say felt, anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looked like he was having a bad time too i don't know it's yeah. just 
looked really um yeah uh there was also um was it implied that the lead was also pregnant um that was a real possibility i I think it left it like ambiguous um because she barfed at one point and i was like wait what unless i missed something yeah it could have just been like the stress of you know the whole yeah situation yeah because that would have made it more real for her as well but yeah yeah i don't yeah um she could be she she might not be she definitely uh at least at the very least you know played with that idea with her her boyfriend like she's like how did you how do you know i'm not right now like what if she is like we don't know um yeah so that that's a very real possibility for the character and so yeah most of this is done uh in kind of like a one-to-one ratio for like passage of time very long scenes very long takes um the emotions build up very naturally over the course of a scene lots of tension just from the performances and the blocking but the few times where there are edits in the film there's like very few times where passage of time is communicated through the editing and it's just it's so so reserved and so effective in how it's done just like really simple cuts so uh gabita comes in uh to the bathroom to have her cigarette while uh there's a uh, <laughs> a sexual assault rape uh, taking place in the other room with the main mm-hmm. character and um the passage of time is just communicated through like a simple cut. She's like s- sitting slightly differently on the the toilet. And then uh main character comes back in and then we get more passage of time cuts where, you know, she's trying to uh, wash herself uh, after that uh, horrific <laughs> uh, experience. She's washing herself. And then we just get this, like the shot of the back of her head and it's silence except for the clock ticking. And, as a viewer, it's like, okay, like, we don't know how long she's been sitting there, but the implication is clearly, like, she was just, she was there for a while, and then after a few seconds, we're, like, cut back, and she's, you know, there's another action being performed again. I love, I love that it so much is implied by just those simple editing choices of, mm-hmm. yeah, it, w- whereas, like, the entire yeah. rest of the film is, like, pretty direct one-to-one uh, passage of time. It's just, yeah, I, I, I feel like that's communicated, like, super well. Do you have any relationship with this director's other movies? I'm, I'm just looking at his IMDb. Yeah. There, are, he's got a few that I'm, I'm just not familiar myself. Are there any that are on this level? Or is this considered kind of? The it's cream probably of the his best. Uh, Graduation is another one that I really enjoyed. I'd have to see it again, but that one's like super well done. What was the other one that I watched? Let's see. He's got a film at Cannes right now. I'll have to figure out how well it's doing. Was it RMM? Yeah. Yeah, Beyond the Hills, I remember enjoying, but I don't know if I was like fully into the style at that time. I would have, I'd be willing to give that one a rewatch to see how I feel. But yeah, Graduation would definitely, definitely recommend Graduation. Were they like similarly minimal and? Oh yeah, they're shot very. Yeah, yeah, the the style is like just as meticulous. In fact, I would say in Graduation, it's like you can tell he's like evolved a bit more. Like it's. It's it's even mm-hmm. better looking from like a cinematography perspective um, than this film. Really great performances and everything okay. he does. Yeah, really great director. I, he's one of my favorites for sure. Mm. Okay. Yeah, this was a good movie. Hmm. Yeah, necessary movie. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I figured <laughs> this was on my list of potential recommendations for a while, and then uh, with recent mm-hmm. news uh, coming out of the United yes, States, the timing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. right. 
It's like when I recommended Texas Chainsaw Massacre after the Texas thing. The, the, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not like overly preachy. It's not it's not no. manipulative really. Yeah. I mean like all film is manipulative. There's a certain degree to which everything's manipulative, but it's not it's not in poor taste in any way. It's very real, mm-hmm. it's very raw. It uh just allows you to you know, experience and recognize that these are real things that people have gone through. Um that people sh- shouldn't that's have what, to go through, for me. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just picturing that this is just one tiny example of the capacity of like an entire country. And yeah, it's just one country in a whole world. So yeah, just yeah, by, it's incredibly depressing from that aspect. But that's why it's a message that needs to be shared. Yeah, mm-hmm. like just yeah. just through statistically al- alone, like inevitably, like if you, if you have these laws in place then these things will happen oh another thing i picked up on this watch that i didn't really pick up on the other ones i feel like they were trying to make kind of an analogy towards other black market sort of demands because they they put a lot of attention on the that cigarette brand they put a lot of attention on the cigarettes and they were like kent cigarettes or something and one of the lines from the boyfriend is like Oh yeah, you can find it. One of the one of the black market dealers will have it for like eighty lay or whatever. And immediately, as soon as she gets rejected from the first hotel because Gabita did a fuck up and they they didn't have the the hotel, um, just like within I don't know ten feet of the desk, uh, <laughs> she just sees a guy with a double bag and she's like, "Oh, do you have the Kent cigarettes?" He's like, "Yeah, it's eighty lay," and it's just oh, got right. sort of right there. And it's like, okay, they're, I, I think, you know, that they're making some sort of commentary on like, yeah, if you, if you have a lot of these things that are made illegal, then there are, um, you know, underground black markets for them. I don't know if cigarettes were illegal or what, what the situation with that was in Romania in 1980s. But, you know, you, even for something like that, even if it wasn't illegal, like they, they were clearly establishing that there are other services <laughs> that, that you know, you create a black market, somebody's going to take advantage of that. If there's any sort of incentive for that, there's going they're going to exist. So I, I think that that's kind of what it was touching on by including that in the film, I think. But it seems like something it would... Yeah, because the, the smoking was a part of uh, one of the dinner scenes with the the dickhead guy who was friends of the boyfriend's <laughs> parents. He's kind of like ranting and raging about how the youth like don't respect them anymore and smoking in front of them. How, how dare you disrespect me in this way? Mm. Even though like the main characters have like, been didn't somebody offer disrespected by the government. The yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like a historical context that I'd need to read more into. Yeah, just I would have to look up about the origin. Why yeah. there were black market cigarettes in <laughs> Romania in the 1980s. Um... One thing that uh, kind of pissed me off, it's nothing. To, it, it's not the fault of the film, it's the fault of Criterion, um, whoever did the fucking subtitles. There was a line from the black market abortion doctor, if we want to call him a doctor, where he was saying, uh, anything uh, below 100 degrees is fine. Anything over 102 degrees, that's serious, and that's an emergency. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't think Romania uses Fahrenheit. Like, why would they? And then I found out uh, that, you know, other people, their versions were like, oh, no, mine <laughs> mine used Celsius, too. I was like, why would they translate that for Americans? When... Oh, they... Yeah. Sorry. 
Why would they translate that that way? Like, first of all, you didn't translate lay to dollars. That would have made just as much sense. You know, she's buying cigarettes. You you should have translated the currency too. then. Like, okay. Then it's like, well, so what what purpose are you translating Celsius to Fahrenheit for then? For, for the for the criterion crowd that's buying an art house film from Romania in case they don't know that like <laughs> Celsius exi- like who's that for why'd you do that that was weird yeah who zoned in on that one yeah yeah that's really random <laughs> I'm just gonna fact check myself just to make sure Romania doesn't use Fahrenheit but I think I think the only countries are like America Myanmar <laughs> and like one one country in Africa I think that's it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think romania uses celsius anyway i'm not gonna get too bugged into that that was just like a t- a tiny thing that i was like wait what mm-hmm. a lot of the shots and how they're blocked it's it's done in such a minimalist way but it's like so super effective the scene where they're they're arguing about you know payment and he's like threatening to leave or whatever and all of the characters are sitting and the camera is um sitting at the same height as the characters and gabita stands up and she uh you know makes her plea about you know money and blah 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 blah. and the the male character is sitting down still the camera stays with the male character for the that part of the argument and gabita her head is like out of frame and then as soon as the freak out happens and this is continuous in the same shot within like a minute or two the male character uh, stands up while the main character is still sitting down the male character stands up the camera follows the male character still and so i think that that like cinematography wise is kind of like implying like a level of like power or control that this character has over the scene that you know other characters are out of frame vertically while he continues to stay in frame whether he continues to sit down or stands up i think that there could easily be that level of intent there there's that the shot of like the trains between the trains like very claustrophobic and anxiety inducing the shot where she's like about to catch the bus i really love she has to like run down and just the blocking and pacing of everything i think it's like superb super well-made movie how many times have you seen this movie then it sounds like quite a few this is probably my fifth it's probably my fifth time yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure if this for me is one I'm going to be, be rushing to get back to anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, give it a couple as, of years. Yeah. yeah. No, because it, it yeah. is. It's yeah. It's it's not fun. It's not trying to be fun at all. It's yeah. ma- it's making a point, and it's it's just inherently heavy, I suppose. And the the minimal mm-hmm. style and everything is yeah. You, you got to be ready for it, basically. I, I would say like mm-hmm. you got to you got to yeah. know what you're getting into. Yeah, for sure. Just one final thing I want to mention, just because we didn't touch on this. I think the set design is like super, super well done. Like from the moment the shot starts at the beginning of the film and you can see like, you know, the the goldfish bowl that's not really a bowl and like all of these like personal items strewn along the room. Um, it tells so much about like the characters, right? And the, the setting itself is a character. You can see like mm. the snow outside and it's, it's just like this perfect sort of like atmospheric setting and you can tell that the rooms are like lived in you know they don't feel like sets that that things were just carefully laid in place for the purpose of like starting a shot it feels like a very real very natural um 
setting. Yeah, even like, like that painting in the hotel room. Yeah. yeah. It's like a like a ugly painting and they're oh, commenting man. on it trying to Yeah. yeah. It's all it just feels it feels real. Like there's not there's you you're not you don't feel like you're watching actors for a second. It just feels Never. Almost, yeah. Like it's just yeah. It's just a documented mm-hmm. bit of misery. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I said a lot about it. Is everybody uh anybody else have anything to say about it or are we all <laughs> It's, honestly, I think it's one of those movies that pretty much speaks for itself mm-hmm. <laughs> in most ways. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's making a very strong point and doing it with that minimal style is it's just, it's just everything it would need to be to make this kind of movie, make this kind of point. And it does hammer at home very well without beating you over the head with any, with anything too ridiculous. You know, it's just matter of fact. This is the harsh mm-hmm. reality of what things are and have been in certain places. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'm giving this one a nine out of ten. Love this movie. Love wow. the director. I hope that uh, I hope that uh, his newest film at Cannes is pretty good. Even though I'm not there right now, but yeah. I'll check it out probably like at TIFF or whatever. Yeah, I'd like to see that one. Yeah, it looks like the it's doing well. Celebration or is that what it's called? It's called <laughs> RMN, and the other one's called Gra- oh, RMN. Graduation. Is, the, the, the other is one. the one from the gra- 2016. Yeah. yeah. Graduation's yeah, awesome. That's the one I want to watch. Yeah. yeah. Graduation. Okay. I'm sure his new movie's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with the message behind it. I'd give it more like a an eight, maybe mm-hmm. a seven. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I want to watch it again, though. Eight. I'm more like a seven, actually. But Yeah, a, a, a few years, then I'll watch it again, perhaps. But I think an eight. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not a, I'm not in a rush to rewatch. <laughs> oh, good. This, this, this is definitely a, a my kind of movie. Just depressing art house shit. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad we all got to see it. I'm glad you that ni- none of you had seen it before. I like introducing people to things. So yeah. two two eights and a seven and a nine. Yeah, seven. Yeah. Cool. Pretty good. All right. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's question time. Is it question time? Oh, right, let's do some questions from the Sardonicast community. If you want to leave your own questions, head over to the subreddit where there's a suggestion thread where you can ask us whatever you feel like. Just like submissive gay alien did. Stanley Kubrick supposedly enjoyed watching commercials as he was impressed that a full story slash idea could be told in such little time. Are there any commercials that stand out in your memory as genuinely good short filmmaking? Oh, well, the Apple one. I feel like that's the best example. Which one? The Apple ad, the 1984 one. Oh, the fucking, yeah. yeah. The guy, on the, the guy on the screen and the guy throws something through it. I or prefer whatever. the uh, Fortnite version. <laughs> the Fortnite version. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's where it came from. Hmm. That's, yeah, that's like a great commercial. Or, not a, not like a one, movie. That's a David answer. Lynch made. There's one David Lynch oh, made for right. PS4, I like, or PlayStation. Oh, the, oh, was that the PS3 the one with the baby. Yes, yeah, I forgot yeah. about the baby. I didn't it's know fucking, that was like, Lynch, random shit. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. That was so demented. Yeah. <laughs> it awesome. reminded me of, um, uh, was it, what is it, train spotting? With the baby oh. on the ceiling? <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was I'm just so going to make sure we're thinking of the same ones, just so I don't. PlayStation has some really weird adverts, actually. Like yeah, that's why they have a lot of weird ones. I don't know. That's the one you're thinking of is David Lynch. Oh, not anymore. Yeah. No, that that was a PS. They were weird during the PS3 era. Yeah, I love. Yeah, there's something really nostalgic to me about like the decade of like 2000s, where you know it it was it was all sort of just like responsive to the 90s, 
you know yeah it was it was like a referendum yeah it's like we're gonna just do weird shit for just no throw reason everything at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> we had the edgiest television shows a bunch of late <laughs> yeah yeah it's not um, cinematic but i really liked the geico ape commercials with mm-hmm. the cavemen yeah classics <laughs> i yeah. always like anytime there was a new caveman commercial i was 100 percent invested <laughs> hmm I oh, think that is. um a David Lynch. You know, the uh the old spice commercials, Tim and Eric directed those. I think they did a fuck awesome job. Did they? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Oh. Really? Oh, I had no yeah. idea they directed those. What the fuck? That yeah, it's so crazy. Much sense. <laughs> the one with the the guy on the horse or whatever? Yeah. Like, they started so that whole thing. They're like really yeah, wow. everywhere in meme culture. That's right? crazy. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. that seems that like That makes that makes a lot of sense actually, you know, it, you're telling yeah. me. Yeah. It yeah. makes sense, and that was actually a good ad. Like I remember the Terry that. Crews. Yeah. yeah, that that permeated the culture for sure. That was like everybody. Would, yeah, very successful ad campaign. I think one of my favorite ads is uh, the Lego Movie. <laughs> it's the most cinematic the ad. It's, yeah, it's they made a, a movie out of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, we got a few oh. of those now. To, to be honest, like I just. I I way remember ads that annoy me more than the ones that's unfortunate. I quote unquote enjoy because I do everything in my power to avoid avoid adverts. Like the only time I really see them is going to the movie theater, and I'm forced to watch them. And if they're bad enough, I'll like note them down on my phone. Got some weird ones. Like, did you guys have the whole series of like M M&M and M adverts where the M M&M and M was like? Fucking that guy's wife. It's really what? <laughs> what? <laughs> that sounds awful. The, the, what the Eminem cuck campaign. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> basically, yeah, it's like a guy coming home from work and in the bed is like an Eminem with his wife. It's, it's like fucking really weird. I'll have to look <laughs> it's into like a that. Series. Oh, I don't. <laughs> it's a, it's I remember the, yeah. the uh, There's been a lot of really messed up Eminem commercials, but I don't remember a cucking one at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. I remember the one for Goldfish, and there was like this reoccurring or like running storyline throughout the commercials like i've never seen that before with commercials like the goldfish had this like continuing story so you had to watch like all 50 commercials to like understand it's fucking weird (laughs) (laughs) i remember that from when i was a kid yeah the gc i don't think i've seen them all either the goldfish cinematic universe yeah yeah (laughs) you gotta watch all of them to understand (laughs) yeah What do you think Stanley Kubrick would think of commercials now, though? I'm sure that it's quite a bit different compared to uh, the type of stuff he would have been watching back in the day. Who surely, knows? like, I mean, hmm. like it, I, I, that's another thing that kind of gets under my skin. Just seeing like the visual effects just being flaunted in these these commer- these like car commercials with these oh, yeah. like, ridiculous like special effects. It just seems like is this really necessary? I think <laughs> most commercials are yeah. absolutely but... irritating and annoying. And I'm just like, yeah. I, I get upset that there was like a team of people that were paid to come up with it. And I'm like, you fucking idiot. I like, I've just, I get so mad. It seems to work sparingly. Yeah, watch Mad Remember the, the Five Alive yeah. commercials? Those ones were really heavily edited, but it kind of works because Man. they're trying to advertise the drink as being crazy. Yeah, you just, rem- I, I, I just got that, uh, that jingle in my head now. That's like a buried. Yeah, the robot. Feel alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's just like, it depends what you do with the format. You can make a good ad. Just like a movie is kind of an ad, like you said. It just depends on what like the creative team does 
with the amount of time and like with the resources, you can make a good ad. They're just kind of rare. Like good movies are rare. <laughs> yeah. Although uh, good movies are more common than good ads, I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. There's very that's few true. I actually really like for sure. Because, yeah, it's just like you're being forced to watch something you just have no interest in, basically, right? That's like most ads. It's just like, okay, it's just this random fucking 30-second thing I just don't care about. Yeah. Yeah. The best ones are, like, that are either just funny or they're, like, I don't know, it's something you like or you think is cool. Oh, it's, yeah, like, a really great ad, like the Apple one. That's, like, one of the few. <laughs> yeah. I was in the theater, and one of the ads, it honestly looked like it was for Jurassic Park, and it was, like, a Jeep commercial or something. Yeah, car exactly. commercials oh, I hate never... That. Yeah, they're never about the car because they can't say anything about the car because it's just the new car, and they don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you going to... Yeah, it's this car feeling. can drive, and it's, it's like, feeling. basically the same as last year. <laughs> so you have to sell an identity. Yeah. You're, like... This is a f- one for families, and you can fit your ch- child seat in the back. Like that's yeah, as far as you. This one's for people who go to the club and like music. Awesome. Yeah. This one's for weird David Lynch fans. <laughs> like, yeah, it just has nothing to do with like the thing. Right? Never does. That's how Coca Cola ads are. Yeah. Coca Cola ads are like, just, like a random thing, and then it's like Coca Cola at the end. Like it could have yeah. been a car ad. Like it could have been an ad for anything. Yeah. What basically. are you gonna say about it? Yeah. You know what it is. It's just like, about putting Coca Cola. It's about reminding yeah. you that the brand exists and having this weird, like, <laughs> superiority, supremacy sort of thing going on. Like, we are the default brand. <laughs> we are the default. Everything <laughs> else is a knockoff. And as, if you have the most commercials out, then that, you know, that works. Yeah, it does. It does work. Yeah. Do, do you guys in your countries have, like, the whole cult of personality, like, characters that come up through adverts? Like, in the UK, there's a big one. That compare the meerkat, and there are these, like, what? fully animated CG... <laughs> the CG, like, adverts for this, uh, like, insurance comparison website. And it, like, oh. caught off into this whole thing, so you can buy, oh like, plushies God. of this fucking meerkat. No, no. by some, like, British celebrity. <laughs> no. Yeah, and there's, like, mo- like, the Halifax Bank guy. That's, like, a whole thing in the UK, like, huh. people know, because of the I kind of like that, adverts. though. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you could buy like a plushie of the Geico gecko or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah, mascots exist for brands. yeah, or the cavemen. Yeah, they gave him a show. Did you know? Yes, yeah. they, they did. Blasted, yeah, they did. It was very and they quick. fucked it up oh, somehow. Oh <laughs> uh, well, it's not a great concept for a show. <laughs> Yeah, you can only do. It so was much. just weird because the, the actor that most people responded to, the guy who just like. He just looked like a Neanderthal. He just did it perfectly. They had him as a side character, so it was weird, and the writing was not that great. Yeah. <laughs> Sergeant Shield has our next one. Where is the perfect place to sit in a theater? Do you go near the front or back? The middle. Who, yeah. who, who actually? Why do they even have the front rows? You know, like I know there's, there's right. obviously got to be a way front, too close. But like, who yeah. actually? Mm-hmm. Is that anyone's favorite seat? No, it's no one's time. favorite seat. But if you, the the theater's sold out. And there, you know, it's the only place left. <laughs> right, that's what those are then for. Then you can show up and you can judge whether or not you want to watch the whole movie like that, if or if it's worth it to you. That was actually my. <laughs> that's what it's for. The, the it's for people who like get their tickets last minute, can't find a yeah. seat. Yeah. Well, there was only like one yeah, screening for everything, for. everywhere, all at once. It was like a special, like press screening sort of thing that they sold a couple of tickets to the public for, and that's all I could get mm-hmm. for my first showing. And so it was. It was really like I had, you know, for the subtitles, I had to be like, like move my head a little. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was dude. still like a great, amazing yeah, theater. Ex- I still experience the movie. 
Um, sure, it's it's harder to yeah, sit. I, I saw Spider Man kind of up close the yeah. first time I saw it. The Spider Man No Way Home because the tickets were kind of limited. Yeah, but I still saw it. Like I wasn't the first row. I was like kind of the third or fourth row, kind of toward the right side. So it wasn't yeah, like that can great. Be okay. Yeah, I, but I wasn't like moving my head, right? If you're like moving your head, like when I saw this Star Trek movie, the J.J. Abrams one, J.J. Abrams one, that was really bad. I saw it in IMAX, like in the front row. Yeah. I was like looking up, like the whole movie, and, like every time it like cut between, like you know, shot reverse shot. I had to like move my head, like left, right, left. Like it was really bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't like sitting in the front row. I, I remember I saw Spy Kids 3D when I was really small yes. in the front row. I wanted to vomit. <laughs> I was so sick. Yeah. Oh, a 3D movie. Yeah, yeah and it was the uh, red and blue glasses. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was really 3D. Things. Just like doesn't those even really suck. work in the front rows. Oh, <laughs> uh, the red and blue glasses that were like they plastic. actually gave you headaches. Like th- I just yikes. Yeah, 3D is better now. Yeah. Is it? What was the last 3D movie you saw? I can't even. Th- I can't oh even think. boy! Oh, yeah, there's so time. many 3D movies that come out <laughs> where I just I intentionally get the 2D showing now. Yeah, like me too. Yeah. yeah, I'm so done with it. The only the last time I watched a 3D movie must have been like when I was forced to, when it was like the only showings. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. so sometime Some, in like yeah, 2010 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like around then, like when Avatar came out, that's when it became big. It was kind of hard to get like a 2D showing for I know. a while because they were just that's showing right. everything in 3D because they wanted to make more money. Yeah, even if it looked like shit. Yeah. yeah, like Thor looked like... terrible in 3D. <laughs> I saw it in 3D. That was the last yeah. one I saw. It's way too dark. It's like yeah. terrible. Yeah. Like Life of Pi looks good. Um mm-hmm. I would say sit in the middle toward the back for a movie. Yeah. Unless maybe. you're late. <laughs> then take what you yeah, can, get, I guess. I'm I'm like middle but like closer to the front than the back, but not so far mm. front. I like yeah. a good like when cover saw, uh, cover man, most of my peripherals or... sort of thing. Yeah. When I saw a man or everything all at once, I was right in the middle toward the back, like perfect mm-hmm. seating. Like that's that's the way to watch it. Yeah, it's like great. Everything's in your field of vision. Yeah. I feel like the back of the theater is where more more people go where where they want to like talk. You know? I feel like the I feel like back, yeah. Yeah. There's people that like hide in the back because they're like <laughs> talk with someone what when, when i see like when i saw jigsaw i sat in the back because i was like laughing at it but yeah, yeah you're, you're <laughs> right um that's why i try to sit more toward the middle mm-hmm. in the middle like everyone's like respectful because <laughs> they're like <laughs> the most because they're those are actually the good seats it's like the bourgeoisie right. seats right there like the <laughs> yeah. upper class and then people talk in the back and then people in the front are late or whatever no, it was uh, it was awesome when I went to see Morbius because I could try out all the seats because it was just completely oh, shit. empty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got That's morbed. Funny. Oh, I got it's morbed. Morbid time. I got morbed big time. <laughs> yeah, man, I wasn't even into those memes, and now I just can't stop. That was yeah, like my whole great. my whole stream yesterday <laughs> was just time. me saying morbid time. <laughs> <laughs> it's morbid time. Yeah, it just catches on eventually. It's infectious. Jesus. I can hear Jared Leto say it too. I'm like, I'm imagining it perfectly. It's Morbin time. Yeah. I've got a question for um, for Raven. What's your favorite movie? Yeah. Oh, that's hard. Do you have? I a have like like handful? a tier list. Sure. Yeah. Like the Big Lebowski. I oh, really love yeah. RoboCop. Actually, that's like I think that's number one because um, Ooh, cool. It has something for everybody. So if you're just into action movies and you like want to kill like an hour and a half just watch robocop but there's also like a deeper context to it where it talks about gentrification and just 
a slew of issues. Mm. I just think it's a really smart and funny film. Yeah. And then there's The Dark Crystal or This is England and The Nightmare Before Christmas. I have like a like a list of ones that people yeah. have to okay. see when I meet them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Alex loves a lot of those movies that you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, really yeah there's a you're in good company here. Those I would recommend The Big Lebowski yeah. School. Yeah. Let's go opinion on this one from Big C Baller. Do you think Disney is ever going to make 2D movies anymore? Or do you think they'll only make them again if they see other studios making successful 2D movies? Um, I, I, I watched some of that, uh, Chip and Dale thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. What'd you think of that? Um, not very good. Cancer. <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of, it, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very irritating <laughs> to me how it's, it's, it's trying, it's kind of presenting itself as a spiritual succession successor to roger rabbit in a way yeah um oh. except it's more kind of embracing this weird uh i've uh, forgotten the name of the kind of art style cell shaded it's, it's still cg cell cell shaded that's yeah, the one cell shaded 3D. yeah where uh, one of them's like a horrifying cg monster and the other one's this cell shaded yeah, thing of them look good. the implication is that it's supposed to be like 2d animation even <laughs> yeah though they're just lying so about what they're doing it's kind of funny uh, yeah even though there is some 2d animation in the movie I, I kind of wanted to see it only after I saw Ugly Sonic. That was the only selling point for me. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. That's really the only notable thing in the movie. Um, what, what's selling me on it is the director. <laughs> yeah, it was director the pop star of, uh, guy, right? The Lonely the, Yeah, the guy, director right? of uh, The Watch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> With, um, well, I, Alex and I have seen it. If you yeah. want to watch it before next episode, we can have a discussion on it. The Chip and Dale thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll watch that. Okay. Yeah, that's on Disney Plus. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll check it out. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I love Roger Rabbit. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorites. Yeah, that's Tom. how you do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, good luck if uh, we want to go back to the question and the prospect of Disney making 2D movies. Yeah, so not real 2D. Hopeful to me. It's like they yeah, unless there's some kind of branch on Disney Plus they could. Because like, this is the part of the problem is like this was a straight to Disney Plus thing where they had clearly they were keeping budget in mind and they weren't really giving it their all their best efforts. With the cell shaded three yeah. uh, D, and you know, even the ones that were two D, like when you see like Flounder, it's like okay, there's there's a gigantic drop off in quality from the Little Mermaid to what yeah. you're showing, and you're pretending it's, not, it's yeah. the Disney same, animation. and it's not. Yeah, yeah, and so it's like yeah, digital two D is the same. Yeah, and you, I would love to see, mm. you know, whether it's hand drawn or digital, just something that feels like traditional two D animation. You know, where there there aren't these weird like computer imagining the frames in between sort of things like i would love to yeah. you know like cuphead yeah. is looks fucking amazing that's you know those are that's a hand-drawn mm. thing where i'm assuming they do it into a uh like a tablet and not a piece of paper so like i don't know is that digital mm-hmm. like it's the same process as traditional either way um yeah so you it's can just time and money yeah you can still make things that look fantastic you just have to actually put your heart and effort or at least commitment financially or otherwise into it it's just disney's not doing that they're gonna pretend to i feel like they're gonna make a (laughs) hey this is 2d again and they're gonna pull a princess and the frog or something you know i i almost wonder if they might lean back into it when enchanted 2 comes out because there were some 2d scenes in there it wasn't that much but Mm. yeah well, as a businessman, <laughs> let me <laughs> let me let me try to think of what Disney would do. Yeah, I don't think they want to make two D again, like ever. 
They'll do <laughs> I don't something. Think it's ever gonna, it well, might be a while. Because I mean, yeah, they like love a couple movies, but it won't be like grabs, they used right? to make. They used to make two D nonstop. Like that's yeah. Well, now two D is nostalgic. It'll, it'll never be like that again. So that for nostalgic yeah, reasons, I think they, they you know, have to. is it nostalgic though? I'm almost surprised there hasn't been another studio that just like makes 2D films. It kind of capitalizes um, off that niche. They at this are point, in Ireland. I feel like there is a market. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah. in America or anywhere here, like there yeah. should be a market, or I feel like there is a market yeah. for like Japan those 2D and Ireland animated movies <laughs> and France. But actually, Disney's there's not a good amount of 2D coming it. from France. Disney's not going to. Is it a cost a issue? Because hasn't 2D animation got to a point where it's not as expensive as it used to no, be? No, it's so not expensive to do either. That's why I'm. Wondering why another studio, yeah, both like are an indie expensive. studio, kind of like A24, it depends does on something how you like do that. It. Like A24 should do 2D animated yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. A24 is doing the has-been hotel thing right now, so I guess oh, they're I don't technically... Even know what that is. Oh, really? I didn't know about that. Yeah, they picked it up. Yeah. They're going to be doing like a television series. A24. Yeah. Oh. Has-been hotel... Oh, wow. Yeah, that's news from like a year ago. Um, so I'd be interested to see how that works out. But yeah, that's uh, mm. that's 2D, A24. So. I didn't know A24 did um, like show type stuff from it being. Um, A24 is Euphoria <laughs> yeah. right now. That's a show. Oh, that's not. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but uh, 2D is always relegated to like TV now or like series, like Invincible, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's always yeah. Like it's not movies so much now. That show messed Yeah, I want to see a good thing. feature film in TV. Yeah, I want to just like. A I mean, like film. they exist, just yeah. not in America. <laughs> Like Wolfwalkers yeah, came out recently. It's just not in America. Like Japan hasn't stopped. Yeah. <laughs> like the, their highest grossing oh, yeah. film ever is like <laughs> Demon Slayer, right now. Like true, true. Yeah, it's just it's just West, just America, really. Like yeah, it's just different. Yeah, different audience. Yeah, Disney has decided that it's not good. Well, is Disney gonna top like The Little Mermaid or? Right? I feel like they could. They just maybe they don't want to at this point. <laughs> They would rather just go where the money in, like, is. Making, and the money is yeah, just big CG three D animated, right? Yeah. Exactly. We'll where just the money get is. Exactly. get this current trend out of their system. Give it another five ten years. I'm sure. They'll but then they'll find another else. trend exactly. that's even bigger, yeah. and then yeah, which not five ten years, and they can just, I just remake something, something else. That, that looks yeah, like exactly. Treasure Planet. Yeah, but with a yeah. good story. Yeah, just yeah. a nice animation. Just nice two D. Yeah, there's so yeah. much artistry. They always take in the it. wrong thing away from their failures. Yeah, it's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's there's yeah. certainly artistry in 3D animation as well, but like there's some. I just I wish I could see more of 2D. There's something special about it. There's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. something that just there's a market hits, for it for yeah. sure. And there should be more. Like there should be just studios making 2D like all the time in America. I don't know why there aren't. <laughs> like I feel like there's very few. I know Leica. I don't think that. I don't even know if that's America. They they do stop motion. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You got you got that's a couple stop motion studios. Artman as well. Yeah. You have stop motion studios. Yeah, Artman. But there's no. Oh, that makes me sad. Because I I like watching a lot of um uh what's his name? He did the Dark Crystal and Sesame Street, The Puppeteer. Henson. Henson yes, yeah. a lot yeah. of Jim Henson shows. Like they're, I think, I think they have like their own unique quality to it, but they don't last because apparently it's it's really expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that was the curse of that last Dark Crystal show. It was obviously really expensive. Yeah, season yeah. two was canceled. Mm-hmm. Big oops. Yeah, I'm very upset. When you have to do those things in real life, it's so expensive. Like the sets and the costumes, you need a space to rent. Like you need a warehouse, right? Like all these. 
all this fucking shit lighting. 2D, I think it's just much easier to kind of tell a story like that over like a series because you don't need to like keep sets around or whatever props yeah. or whatever. You just draw whatever. You got to pay the animators, you know, which uh-huh. they don't even do that in Hollywood, but. They really don't. <laughs> no. Yeah, just outsource. I think that's actually part of the reason yeah, of... I, that I could be wrong, but I'm now remembering like a weird factoid that I hope isn't some misinformation, but I think part of the reason why they switched to uh, like 3D animators is because they like weren't uni- unionized. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I think, I think 2D animators <laughs> were like a part of a union and 3D wasn't or something because it was considered like a part of like mm-hmm. a special effects company. Like, I don't know. I, that could be completely false. Don't. Quote me as the source for that. I'm not going to look into it. Do your own research. Let me know in the comments section. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going on a deep dive right now. Infinite Stripes Forever has one for us, which kind of feeds into something we were talking about earlier. Where do you draw the line with product placement? How much is too much? And what is wrong with too much? If you lived in Los Angeles and two superheroes came down and fought, it would look like Man of Steel with 7-Elevens and IHOPs everywhere. Maybe the framing of the product placement was forced, but realistically, there would be a recognizable brand on every corner. Would you prefer only fake products for films or just set amount that works with the plot? Mm. I kind of feel like my opinion on it has changed a little bit Um, because I never really Mm. noticed product placement before in movies, unless it was really, really obvious or some kind of joke or something. But yeah. I think Wayne's what made world. me change my mind was the whole... <laughs> yeah, that's a great example. <laughs> <laughs> what actually shifted it was making YouTube videos. Um, I'm sure you guys know. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's, um, it's kind of necessary. Well, it is necessary, actually, not kind of. Um, and then when I think about actual television commercials, we would sit through like five commercials when watching a 20 minute tv show and we didn't really complain that much so when i think about youtube it's essentially the same thing because youtube is a business now right so i'm i don't think i'm as strict about it anymore mm-hmm. i don't judge mm-hmm. people too hard that do it i just don't do it myself for um yeah like if i, I like ads before a video if people want to pay to not have the ads or like ad block or whatever it's like okay fine people can support me on patreon that's like a good way to um you know, just be uh, be able to uh, make a living off of it without, you know, if people want to have ad blocks. Straight to the horse's mouth, as it were. Yeah, yeah, to the horse's mouth. Um, and, <laughs> uh, yeah, I in films, I like what Quentin Tarantino does. He has his own, like, universe of, like... Uh, yeah, Big Kahuna Burger. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. His own stuff. Um, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, David Fincher. I know he does it all the time, and I'm yeah. His I'm makes okay more sense. It. It's like a yeah. fridge. Like when you open a fridge, you're gonna see like a cocaine. Yeah, I don't like the it question. Feel gratuitous. How the like question... World War Z. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, that yeah, that scene. You you, you edited it like a Coca Cola commercial. And yeah, it's like yeah, you could edit this. That's how like gratuitous. It's what it was. It is. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't Stop like the, the film. For yeah, a Pepsi that's break. what I mean. I don't like this question and how it how it's framing Man of Steel like it's like a good movie or something. Like I don't know if that was their intention or whatever. <laughs> but like the scene, like okay, like Superman walks by an IHOP or something, or like he's fighting and there's an IHOP in the background. Okay, but there's like they go in the IHOP. And, like, the kid who bullied him in school from, like, the flashback 
part of the movie was like working at the IHOP. Like it's like fucking ridiculous, yeah. man. It's yeah, how still, much are you gonna grind your so movie gratuitous. to to wedge this yeah. stuff in? Like, yeah, like that Ghostbusters movie that came out recently with Walmart. Yeah, it's just like yeah, too much. with the Walmart. Right, it's too much. That's like you don't have to go in the Walmart and fucking hang out and like we're like at the Popeyes and Supergirl. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, let's all go to Popeyes. Yeah, I just, yeah, it's like a as bunch long of as it doesn't feel like gratuitous, um, there's ways in which it can be done, and like. There's some yeah, films where I don't it, know but, if it was yeah. a product placement or not. Like, they go into a McDonald's uh-huh. in the Safdie Brothers Who's film, used? Heaven Knows What. But I'm like, they're all junkies. I don't think McDonald's... <laughs> like, it, this seems more <laughs> incidental, you know? I like I like that, but it's like, I don't even think that was a product okay. placement. Like, yeah. I don't... It depends yeah. on how yeah. it's handled. It yes, really... Uh, yeah. I believe a defender of product placement is J.J. Abrams. I believe he's like a big um, like defender of like it. It makes audiences really? kind of like connect with the world, kind of yeah. Like, and I think his movies have that. And you know, I'm not completely opposed to it. I don't think I'd lower my rating significantly for like a product placement. That's what I mean. If it's like depends a, on how it's done. Unless it's like really yeah, gratuitous. I only would if it was something yeah. super egregious. Yeah, like when they have like resorts and Adam Sandler movies and like uh, Paul mm-hmm. Bar- Blanc Moorcock 2 and stuff where they can go to like the <laughs> casino. It's like, come, on, yeah. it's, come to the casino, everybody. It's an advert for right. the casino. Right. Michael Bay films never seem like subtle about it. There was a, uh, in his film, The Island, they're all like futuristically like doing this like fighting thing. And there's this gigantic banners for like original Xbox in the background. I was like, this is the future. <laughs> like, <laughs> still got, like original Xbox. I about that. That's yeah. funny. That was funny. Yeah. Movie. A clone movie. Doesn't even make sense. Yeah, Michael Bay is a pretty bad. Uh, yeah, he's pretty bad with the product placement. <laughs> His movies have a lot. The Transformers movies are just car ads, basically. But even those have tons <laughs> of product placement in them. It's just like a ridiculous amount. Like um, Bud Light, I think one scene they like crash yeah. into a Bud Light truck. That's right. In Transformers. Oh no, 4, my Bud Light. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, and, he, and there's like Dude, a close up. <laughs> yeah, he drink. Mark Wahlberg drinks one of them, and there's like a close up of the Bud Light mm. with like flames around Toasty. it. It looks really cool. Cause yeah, it's like mm, delicious. Because <laughs> Michael Bay comes from that background of directing commercials, so that's how all of his movies look. They look like fucking car commercials. <laughs> yeah, true. So good. they really do. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he's perfect for transformers yeah i guess so yeah true okay let's end on this one from invader zoe and close the loop if there was a specific life choice you made in the past that caused a branch version of yourself a la multiverse what do you think was the thing that would cause you to be the most varied version of yourself thanks what how do you become the most oh, varied version? I don't understand that question at all. Yeah, weird like phrasing. The, I guess the one I guess decision they mean, that you make. Yeah. So like, there's one I was decision born that in has... a swamp. That's like the most. <laughs> okay. Like I was born okay. as a lizard, which is I think one of the. That was like one of the things in the movie. I think everything all at once. She's like one of the flash frames. Like she's a lizard person. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Do they mean like like, like what's one thing that you've done in your life that? would have caused a bunch of multiple outcomes is that what they're yeah, asking like like an like a, sp- a specific point in time like i'll give my example mm. the th- something that has been on my mind and i i, I think about i ponder about sometimes because when i was three years old um my family left uh, new zealand and moved to the uk so sometimes i imagine what the version of me that stayed there would be like and what would be different about me and that kind of side of it and i feel like that's like an obvious point of like 
the timeline splitting the, the universe is splitting in somewhere there's there's like yeah. a billion there's like a billion for me and like there I, I mean like there's no i don't i there there's so many there's so many i can't what, okay uh, phrase it this way then if, if you got the technology from everything everywhere all at once what would you try and imagine just to see out of pure curiosity what would be the where you jump to um no that's cool uh if the if the girl that left her crystal meth pipe at my house told me what the drug was after i wanted more i'd probably be homeless on the street what the fuck Fuck, yeah yeah i don't know damn mine is just if i wasn't homeschooled like mine is (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a lot there's a lot from from kindergarten to, or from the first grade to the sixth grade. So that was a good chunk of time where I was just um, very Rod and Todd from The Simpsons. So I mm. think I would have been a completely <laughs> different person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, th- I mean, like, there's there's more uh, things that affect your life than you even know about. Like, all of this, uh, the, the the chemical makeup of your brain is, you know, that that's like something from birth and you know nature mm-hmm. and nurture play a role like what would ha- what would have happened yeah. if i didn't see the lion king when i was a little boy <laughs> oh my god my life would have been very different that's true yeah. yeah um how many of you cried when you watched the lion king i did i probably I did. watched it a couple years ago so no but <laughs> <laughs> yeah ralph thought for the first time yeah. recently but um yeah, yeah you know college, like there there's yeah. the stampede scene the way that that like musically i just like i tear up yeah. still even just like listening Beautiful. to the soundtrack i think it's like one of the best <laughs> Me too. scores Majestic. ever yeah. yeah 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 it's an incredible piece of music yeah, yeah. hans zimmer uh did you see the broadway show ever any of you i'm not Anyone? a yeah i've seen bits of it i'm not a big fan of it i yeah, prefer i prefer the 2d wiry. It's like not oh, yeah, the same well, characters yeah, that I love, you know. <laughs> I'm like, this is just a yeah, version of it that that's not animals. as good. Yeah, it's weird that they're animals. Yeah, like it's a bit longer and has more songs, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the movie version's definitely tighter, <laughs> probably better. <laughs> um, but yeah, appreciate both. Let's do this one from uh, uh, Professor Trilobite. What are some examples of genuinely good films or media that you think have had negative effects on whatever genre or the medium they're in? While I personally love the Jurassic Park series, I feel that the movies have had a negative effect on dinosaur films, with almost every movie afterwards trying to recapture its success, leading to countless cheap knockoffs, or studios not willing to produce live-action serious dinosaur movies out of fear of being compared to the series. Hmm. Mm. That's a good question. Interesting. You mentioned the Lego movie, but that would be my pick. Yep. <laughs> Good movie, oh. awesome movie. The the ripple effect that film has had is like so fast. Yeah. Um, Other movies. Yeah. Try really Every want. movie tries to copy it. Free guy. Um, it, it's it's just that same fucking format. Like he's a yeah, normal yeah. guy, but he feels too normal, but so he tries to stand out or whatever. Like like the Playmobil yeah. tries because blah blah blah. Pfft, the Avengers. <laughs> that's that's influenced a lot of studios into making like. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. into yeah. these damn. We're starting the dark universe here. <laughs> like yeah. okay. The mm-hmm. only one that made sense is like DC, like yeah. Batman. Like okay, Fan those forested. are also superheroes. 
we knew that was going to happen because there's always like two of everything like these you know coke or pepsi or whatever so we have dc and marvel <laughs> but yeah like we didn't need the marvel we didn't need uh the mummy universe or whatever the hell oh yeah it wasn't and, it the and, five like, year um, oh yeah it was like godzilla that. and stuff <laughs> yeah it's just about yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like Godzilla, they made some cinematic universe with like King Kong now. It's like, oh my god, like, yeah. give me a break. Like, it doesn't work, like, in most cases. It just falls apart, usually. Marvel has material, and so does DC, to its credit. Um, like, they somehow made, mm-hmm. like, something interesting out of Suicide Squad somehow, like, with this new movie that James Gunn directed. <laughs> like, yeah. With, like, Polka Dot Man. I'm like, how the fuck do you make a movie with Polka Dot Man? Like, <laughs> like, they somehow made it, yeah, like, more, it like, in a fun way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no so, like, no they, superhero this, this character work. is irredeemable. You just have to tackle it in the right way. If it's like, oh, this would it's be a like joke, this then point, sure, make yeah. it a joke. Make it a joke. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no point. I can't. I feel like at this point, it's not. there's no character that's too goofy. Like, they're all goofy. <laughs> like, you can't say, like, oh, this Gorsh. one's too over the top or too silly. They're all like fucking ridiculous, right? Like even Captain America's silly. All these but even um even that's becoming like a, a trope within like the MCU. You and know. It's, it like referencing how silly it is. Like the, the yeah. latest like movie yeah. saying, yeah, I, Spider-Man, he shoots webs out of his butt or something, right? This is all just dumb. <laughs> or yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I could... You can't like not address it. If I point. could pinpoint what film is responsible for like leading to the Chippendale Rescue Rangers meta like insistence <laughs> of its self-awareness without being self-aware if i could pinpoint what's responsible for that i would say that i don't know if it's just birdman winning best picture where it's like oh meta is like every i don't know what happened you say deadpool somewhat deadpool maybe i don't know Bit of rick and morty but like yeah, something deadpool. happened where now it's like the meta can I- excuse everything you can just be like this is a bad joke and then people go woo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, just acknowledge yeah. that your writing's like, bad. I'm self-aware. Isn't yeah. that funny? This is a cash <laughs> grab. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm sorry. I think like, Deadpool is it really that simple? A huge impact. <laughs> I, I don't know. That that movie annoyed the fuck out of me. I'll have a yeah. I'll have a funny video on it soon. Yeah. It's usually good movies too that start these these bad trends. That's the sad thing. Yeah, it's successful yeah, and it's then the you replicate. Yeah. yeah. People try to copy it, right? Like I'm sure everything all at once will spawn imitators Perhaps, trying to yeah. be yeah. um, you know, crazy, zany, um, absurd oh, man. films about multiverses or whatever with like crazy. Yeah, there's editing. a lot and of that right now. Really, <laughs> yeah, those, those movies will be obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. I do I'm not like, want to yeah, see like the uh attempt at that <laughs> film made by someone like with cynical reasons yeah right all right cool i guess that does it for questions um okay and we have so is it my turn or it is your turn alex it is ralph's turn it is to my recommend turn a film yes okay um i'll recommend a film so I-, I saw someone say we should do like a double feature because we haven't done that in a while. I'm like, yeah, I think that's a good idea if you guys aren't opposed to it. Um, hmm. Sure. Um, I'm going to recommend Blade and Blade 2. Okay. Um, but you can just okay. watch Blade. You can watch Blade 2 if you want. You don't have to watch Blade. Cool. Um, All right. So, yeah, I'm going to watch both. And, you know, there's more Blade movies than that. But watch because, watch Blade uh, 2. <laughs> okay. And if you have time, watch Blade. Guillermo del Toro. So the Guillermo yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always forget that, he directed that. Uh huh. He directed the second one. I have not seen either, so this will be cool for me. Yeah, I'm oh, sure cool. you'll 
get a kick out of it. You know, this is a superhero <laughs> movie, but it's like before. Like yeah, before saying, it was Avengers. A- a thing. It's very different. <laughs> it's very. It's a very different era for like. Yeah. Super oh yeah. Very yeah. different time. I mean, yeah, it's, it's rated R. Time. Yeah. So. Okay. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And Wesley Snipes. <laughs> yeah. And Ron, per- Ron Perlman. Uh, All right. Okay. So, so if you haven't seen Blade or Blade Two, uh, bef- uh, watch it before the next episode. These episodes come out every two weeks, but you can listen to them early by going to sardonicast.com. Sign up for premium. It's only $2 a month. You get to hear these episodes as they're edited. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Also, we got merch. Uh, link in the description. Also, there's a Sardonicast highlights channel. Uh, you should subscribe to that and watch some stuff. We're almost at the amount of watch hours where we can monetize the channel. Um, and, uh, yeah, follow the social medias, Reddit, Twitter, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, Check out Raven's channel, Bob Dunga. Is there anything else you would like to plug, Raven? I'm coming out with part two to my recent documentary, so that should be out in a couple of weeks, I think. Cool. Cool. Um, Awesome. Check out uh, B-O-B-D-U-N-G-A on YouTube for that docuseries. All right. Thank you so much. uh, Thanks for joining. That was was great. Great to have you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy Shrek. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.